All right, looks like we are live now. Welcome, everyone, to yet another edition of the Xbox Roundtable podcast. This is show number 282, the place for some Xbox talk uh, on Sunday nights. And to just, you know what, kick back, relax. You know, it's been, you know, a long weekend and, uh, you know, it's Sunday, guys. Let's just chill and pop a cold one. Kick back, relax, talk some games. Naturally, I'm your host, Invader. And me and the crew have a really awesome show for you all tuning in tonight. Starfield is, of course, the talk of the town. It has gone gold officially with some early reviewers dropping hints and early impressions. We will get into all that. Also, Xbox announced that they'll be shutting down the Xbox 360 marketplace, which has caused, well, a lot of chatter, a bit of a stir, if you'd like to say. And uh, believe me, I'm... uh, Looking forward to that chat surrounding what games will be left behind and so on. And also with the release of Baldur's Gate 3 and its success, many have noticed its absence on Xbox systems and have brought up a larger discussion surrounding the parody clause. And uh, yeah, I have a feeling that'll be a really good talk. But hey, you know what? Enough of me drowning on, going on and on. Let me get to my castmates, starting off with the general MLD. Buddy, how you been? Hey, yeah, doing pretty good. It's been a great week in gaming for an Xbox gamer, such, such as myself. Uh, Gaming-wise, I just finished uh, Quake 2, the remaster that just uh, you know launched uh, since QuakeCon. Nice shadow drop, great content. And uh, I also secured myself the, uh, the premium uh, upgrade to Starfield. I just, I can't, I can't wait. Gotta have it early access, gotta have it day one, soon as I can. But we'll talk about that later. We shall, we shall. Moving on down the list, Centurion, buddy. Hey, the man with uh, picking up some really good finds at, uh, you know, a good... Uh, it wasn't GameStop earlier, I don't think, but you showed me the pictures. You got some pretty nope. cool games. What's up? What's up? Yeah, I went to Fallout Games. I was able to find uh, Lord of the Rings, Lego Lord of the Rings, and also Jurassic Park from Telltale Games. They actually had them there. I was kind of shocked. And I was also shocked that they also like, like they only wanted like 15 bucks for the Lego Lord of the Rings game. Wow. Uh-huh. I've yeah. seen that thing go for 50 bucks on online. But yep. And the cool part is, I mean, it's a cool little retro shop. The, somebody was standing right at the counter uh, dissecting uh, a PSP, putting a new power supply in it. And that's. It's why I spend my money there because they actually do what they can to keep gaming going. And also, unlike GameStop, they have a, uh, a drive there known as a Xena device. Uh, it's actually a machine. It's a commercial grade resurfacer that polishes even Blu-ray discs. Hmm. And yeah, they run a lot of their discs through this. And I mean, these games look brand new on the pla- on the actual disc itself. So they do a lot to keep gaming going, and that's why I always support them. And that's where, when they told me they had those games there today, I was like, holy cow, I need to go down there. But other than that, also kind of playing some Bio Mutant, been having fun with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess a little bit of, I've been also having a little bit of fun, small shameless plug. Uh, decided to kind of rekindle the fanboy and uh, had a little bit of fun this morning with uh, social media. Yeah, I saw that. I noticed that uh, you had a video up. I didn't haven't uh, had a chance to watch it yet, but hey man, from the thumbnail alone, I thought it was going to be a well, fun one. 
but uh, yeah, we, I'm, you know, me and fanboy decided to show uh, people how to play uh, Starfield on their PlayStations. Oh, here we go. Oh, <laughs> all right, guys, you got to no, share that in the the, uh, the chat. Then <laughs> you got to share that then because uh, that's going to be a spicy one. All right, I'm definitely going to watch that tonight. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Moving on down the list, Eric Shockley. Hey, uh, how's the uh, game been the past week for you? Oh, pretty good. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Couldn't get my mute off fast enough. Um, <laughs> no, everything's been pretty good. Uh, I haven't gotten too much gaming in like this past week. Uh, getting back to normal, but uh, definitely plan to here in the uh, with the early edition with the Starfield coming up. Definitely about to get that Game Pass premium uh, with some of these uh, Microsoft rewards that I need to cash in. So, um, so. Good time for that. Um, but yeah, definitely looking forward to that and spending pretty much <laughs> as much time as, as possible. Let's probably all be playing. Um, I barely got even to, you know, dip into Diablo, uh, the seasonal stuff mm -hmm. uh, over the past few weeks. So it's like, well, <laughs> I guess I'm not going to get to that anytime soon since Starfield's around the corner. So but yeah, ready to get into these. Type. All right. All right. Looking forward to... Uh hearing you about that and uh hey i know man other things have been eating up my time for gaming as well but very soon very soon in it just itching to get back into the gaming very soon and last but not least crusader i know you've had a a bit oh, of a busy gosh. weekend <laughs> yeah it's 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 crunch time in the it world because we service some schools and it's uh, uh there's one school where we are um kind of uh cover it filling in and helping them transition because their it people left and uh it's uh it's real busy but um I i've been pretty good i've been mopping up some stuff in destiny 2 for the new season that starts next week um i have been playing some of the not the quake 2 remaster but the first one because i i figured that was something i could quickly get in with starfield maybe i could even get the second one and i think i will get the second one in um almost uh, i'm like almost done with the base game of the first one like i have like two expansion stories but like it, it, it's it's going good and i've been i've been playing some more halo infinite because like that multiplayer is crisp now like i mean it's mm. not like it wasn't crisp before like the gameplay was always good but like there is just so much variety of maps and content and stuff to just do that i've just been having a good time Hmm. Yeah, I gotta dip my feet into that again sometime soon. Uh, need my I need my Halo fix. Need my Halo fix, even if it's just the campaign too. But yeah, I gotta try out the multiplayer. I haven't uh, tried out the new maps, so definitely gotta try that. Yeah, and sent. I'm looking up that price of that Lego Lord of the Rings. You got a steal on that for fifteen bucks, my guy. As soon as, when I called them, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna call them just for shits and giggles. And when they were like, oh, I got it. How much you asking for it? Fifteen dollars, babe. Get the fuck in the car. Yeah, <laughs> renewed. It's fifty dollars on Amazon. New sealed mm -hmm. in box. It's sixty five. That's nuts. That's a great price. Damn. Yeah, it's always that's... great when you find those. Uh, yeah, those and that's deals. backwards compatible too, right? Yep. If not, I've got a three sixty. But yeah, sure, no, no, it's backwards sure compatible. It's backwards compatible. Yeah. Hmm. Now, yeah. is it a sketchy part of town? That's. Sometimes I I, Dude, I feel of, like I put my life on the line one time for a Dreamcast and two controllers for twenty bucks, 
He's going down a dark alley, some guy in a trench coat. Yo, I got no, that right here, man. It was during COVID, and it was so it was like 2020, and oh, someone man. posted that, and I'm like, and this is when shit was going nuts, like price wise. I'm like, this has to be a scam, but he's, but then then again, if he was scamming me, he would have posted posted for a higher amount because what's he gonna do? Rob me for the twenty dollars I brought with me in cash? Like, but it was just really sketchy and there was no one out there. It's kind of like when you listen to those YouTube videos of like, hey, we pulled up to a creepy house to deliver pizza and it was a vacant house and no one was there. <laughs> and they were just there to rob you or something. But luckily it was early morning and I was still, he was trying to, hey, I got some other stuff you want to, I was like, nope, just buy. <laughs> Give me the console. But yeah, but yeah this, this stuff, I was like, yeah, I'm putting my life on the line here. Is this really worth it? I already have a Dreamcast. I don't really need it, but, <laughs> but yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, hey, it's always nice to get a, a deal, right? So especially if it's something you really want. Yeah. So you know, good on that and sent good on you. Hey, that was a you know smart buy, smart buy on your behalf. All right, guys, just uh, before we begin, a reminder that you can find TXR on many audio platforms, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, so, so many more. Just search TXR, and I'm fairly certain you'll see us pop up, you know, wherever you may be, whatever platform that you prefer, we're, we are probably there, so definitely give us uh, a search for that. Uh, oh, and also, hey, before we, we be begin, uh, smash that like button. Sub to the channel if you're new here. And hey, share it out. Let everybody know that we are live and uh, ready to start the show. But with that said, let's get into the thick of things, gentlemen. I do not want to waste any time. Starfield has gone gold. And it is already available for uh, preload, for uh, Game Pass, or you know, even just general purchase. Uh, more details have also been shared about the game uh, in a recent Q&A. And uh, reviewers, you know, some people who got the codes early, they're sharing their own insights, just, you know, some slight hints about the game and early impressions. Um, Eric Shockley, pal, why don't you uh, lead us off on this one? As I know, you know, you and the other guys really want to chime in. What do you think about these early impressions and attitudes uh, coming in about the game so far? Yeah, everything. So it's good to see that, you know, it is getting those uh, early positive uh talks about the game and i didn't i'm surprised that's been going on because I, I felt like they couldn't really say how, whether it was like good or bad or just, other than just saying hey <laughs> you know i'm reviewing it but uh but everything looks pretty good um i was i was reading up on the q a so it was kind of cool some of the different factions you can do uh i think there was one if you join the uh i don't know if it's like the space like military or alliance, you can do like a undercover uh, mm -hmm. mission. Um, and there's some other cool uh, aspects, like I think uh, smuggling items, like uh, harvested organs. And I guess they're just thinking like outside the box of like all the different, just stuff that comes with like those types of games with like Skyrim, Fallout. Um, but yeah, definitely excited. It is weird over the past, it just came from that one tweet from i forget because it's weird um i guess since twitter switched to that whole for you thing and not just you see other people that uh you're not subscribed to or not uh following in 
I was like, but sometimes you'll see people's tweets that are like, hey, they liked something or retweeted something. So uh, uh, someone you follow retweeted something. So that's why you saw it. But I guess with the whole for you thing, it just algorithm throws this one dude's uh, post up all the time. And he's posting the whole thing about the whole uh, the display screen being too simplistic. So the game's going to be just stale and rums. Mark yeah, Kern. yeah, rums. Mark yeah. Kern's his name. He's a. Uh, it's in his bio. It's not a docs or anything. He's a yeah. former developer from uh, Blizzard. But it's. I, I got uh, words to say about that guy. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> it's just oh, hilarious because it's like I'm thinking of all the different, like even Destiny had the most almost the same basic. Here's a big circle of a planet. They put a little designs in the back, but it was still super basic. Uh, like any start screen I can think of is pretty simplistic. You know, as someone did point out, uh, start screens, you know, peaked with Metroid Prime. <laughs> that, had, that had a dope one. Yeah. yeah, other than silly stuff like that, definitely excited. Um, and uh, I have seen some other posts where it's like, I guess, people fake reviewing or fake uh, doing reactions like they actually got the game and saying bad stuff about it. So. Um, it's been fun mm -hmm. trying to parse whether that was fake or, you know, who actually has access to the game. But it's good that the review codes have gone out pretty early. Um, I think the embargo doesn't lift until like a day before the early access starts. So I guess still before like you can probably buy it at the, uh, still a week uh, before the, before you can buy it at the actual I think it's store. actually about 12 hours before um early access starts yeah and i think with early access like if you were buying at retail you'd have to have got what the the constellation edition yes you you have to have gotten the constellation edition and you also have to okay. hope that that comes in time yeah um, that would wait does that even have the oh yeah it does have the the game code right yeah oh, okay yeah that would suck if you're waiting on that yeah. you don't have the game at least you can play that but uh yeah, I didn't didn't feel like I wanted to drop it on that one. It, that was it was hard enough trying to find a Xbox copy and not just settle for a PC code. But um, otherwise, everything else seems pretty uh, promising from all the um, early reviews of it. Or you know, just like hey, you know, I haven't entered uh, in, uh, encountered any bugs, or because that's the main thing that you're looking at, especially when the game doesn't have. We haven't gotten to the day one patch or we haven't gotten to the early access. I'm sure they'll have a patch for when the game's about to go live that we're going to have to download, even though we have probably stuff preloaded, most of us. Um, I'm sure there'll be another patch that day. So it's promising that at this stage, whether or not they can say much since the embargo hasn't lifted. Um, but I guess some have said they haven't encountered anything. So. Um, yeah, that was people talking in a private Discord that got screenshotted. Okay, like, that's what I was trying yeah. to hear. I was like, I'm pretty sure they can't it was, say one way or the other. Yeah, it was Tyler <laughs> McVicker, who, if people don't know who that is, he used to run Valve News Network. He's a big, big, big cover of uh, Valve games. And also, he's historically covered a lot of Bethesda content. Um, he was chatting with uh, some people in his private Discord, and someone screenshotted it and put it on the internet. All right. So this oh, is somebody okay. that we should uh, take seriously. This or? is someone you should take seriously, and he wouldn't be derogatively talking about the game. He, um, he's 
generally speaking, a very re- reliable source for stuff. And he didn't even say personally anything derogatorily. He um he said that the, the opening's a little bit like uh a little bit uh they're they're trying to like introduce you to this new universe you've never been in before, and it maybe like overstays like uh, just a little bit too long but he's been playing for 16 hours and has had no bugs and after like the first three hours it's just open to you and incredible um Mm. but he doesn't um, sound biased to me either he sounds like a like a pretty neutral guy yeah he'd be the kind of person who'd be really excited for for this type of game to come out and like that excitement if it wasn't good he would be dashed by it does that make sense like so the, the fact that he is talking very highly about this is very encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the no bugs thing, that's uh, pretty big. I mean, yeah. Bethesda's kind of known for their quirky yeah. bugs. I, I, I would personally, and this is just me with any game that comes out, you want an aggregate of um, of people to talk about issues they've encountered because someone may literally encounter nothing. Um, and that, that's not me being like deriding the game or anything like that, but I'd want to hear a couple people say that. Oh, no, of course. I mean, to me, no matter what game it is, it's not perfect. And you'll always come across something. Um, So, I mean, they're, yeah, I mean, it's a massive game. There's bound to be something, you know, quite a few things that probably slip by. But, I mean, they've been squashing bugs for, well, a few years now, especially the last year. I mean, they were talking about polishing the crap out of this thing. When you can see the visual changes between the original, the, the, the trailer we got, last june and the trailer we got and like the the extended coach showcase we got this june the visual improvement is incredible Mm -hmm. um i was watching some side by sides because i'm obsessed i mean i was kind of wondering about the combat to be honest because it did look a little sluggish a year ago now i mean to me it looks a lot better looks a lot smoother much more smooth yeah night and day yeah I mean, MLD, please reign supreme here. You know, what are your thoughts on all this uh, with the, again, the reviewers, basically just all the, you know, the stuff that we're just talking about. Oh, yeah, because a lot, a lot of info happened basically um, over the last, uh, since last time we talked here. Like I did, I did um, like the Q&A. They they didn't have to do that, but there, there were some questions asked and we got a little more insight into the game. Uh, They said that every major city will have a property for you to buy or you would inherit b- via missions. And that to me is very, very good because uh, it shows if you're not really into the settlement aspect, you always have this option. Plus it is a nice to like have, have a hub like within the city itself. So you have a place near like all the main quests that would you, you would access. It'd be close by. So that, that, that's, that's nice to know. Then there's uh like the jail system. So basically like, it, they said it'd be like Skyrim, where you could pay the fine, go to jail, or be, be like an outlaw kind of thing. The smuggling system, where like I guess yeah, you have contraband and you gotta you can sell it for a profit, but you gotta hide it on your ship with a with a module, get it get it past security. Like there's so many options of what you can do in this game. Like there's so many play styles. It, it's it's very overwhelming, friend. We don't even know the full story yet. Um, what what I liked the most was the twenty companions that you could you, that you could recruit. Now some will be more fleshed out than others. I think the ones from from Constellation will be uh, have the most story, obviously. 
But that to me is overkill. Like compared to Fallout 4, like Fallout 4 had a lot of companions. Some again more fleshed out than other than others, but still 20. That thank you. It pre- pretty much shows over that. 20. Over 20? It's over 20, they said. Fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. Everyone's yeah. gonna find a character that you know best suits their personality and their play style. It's almost guaranteed. Like yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna see like like who they all are and I'll test the waters with them and yeah like I, I'll I'll experiment with that and and that's the whole point of the game there because they said the companions t- tie into the story and I guess you know their choices and their out their outlooks like like you know like Fall Four like uh, Piper liked that or didn't like that you know things things like that you know I mm-hmm. love that meme everyone disliked that oh, right yeah. <laughs> right we'll, we'll see what we do that that would trigger that response but yeah. So yeah, so that's all that stuff. But but now we're going into the um, just just the aspects that are really instilling confidence and hype now, because the game's gone gold, as we said. Now, for reference, Skyrim apparently won gold a week before release, and we all know that just went down as one of the greatest RPGs of all time. So this is very promising by comparison. And you know there was that fake concern: oh, why isn't it gone gold yet? Why are the, why is Bethesda silent? Well. There you go. Okay, problem problem solved. The early review codes. People were concerned that they would hold back review codes, uh, much like, say, what happened with Redfall. Nope, not the case. They went out this week. People got, I'd say, two plus weeks to, you know, get a, a more than a decent impression. Like, I'd say, if you'd like, you can get like at least 20 to 40 hours, like, at a decent pace if you're playing right now. So I feel like the reviews will be... Um, They'll, they'll, they'll be balanced and fair, I feel like. And uh, the Metacritic embargo is at the end of August. It's a week before like you know, the public release of September 6th. That, again, shows confidence. If it was like September 6th itself, that would be a bit of a red flag. Because, I mean, even okay. though it's early access, they can easily just let people play a week blindly and you know keep the Metacritic embargo. But they are that confident... They're going to do it right before the early access. So, again, it's all coming together to be... It shows that Xbox, they are behind this game. And they delayed it for a year, purely for polish. And it shows. Like, um, it was mentioned before, like, we saw Starfield gameplay in 2022. Compared to 2023, it's a night and day difference. Like, it looks better. It plays better. And I'm so excited. So... Like, I think the only thing, uh, well, the only thing people can really comment on, you know, all, you know, all this, you know, apparently it only happens when it's an Xbox game. When it's a major Xbox exclusive, all these little nitpicks come out of the woodwork. Like, w- when the title screen is the biggest thing someone can complain about, you know this game is pretty good. If that's the best thing people can come up with. <laughs> let's just put, let's just, I'll, I'll just leave that, leave it at that. Now, Sorry? Oh no, sorry. I was just gonna say, like, the fake concern is what gets me the most about, like, oh yeah, you know, it's more the PlayStation guys kind of chiming in and just be like, oh, they haven't shown anything, kind of like what you were alluding to earlier. It's just like, well, how many games have shown their stuff much later and went on to be blockbusters? It's just, I don't know. To me, it's just like, guys, stop trying to deride the game. Stop trying to derail it. You know, they've been showing stuff, and believe me, Xbox is going full on Starfield for Gamescom. Oh, yeah. And like, I think people have short memories. How many big games 
gave us a 45 minute direct, a deep dive months before release. I bet no, not many games. I bet you. So like people were, you know, fake concerning about a lack of a huge triple a marketing cycle. Like, you know, they, they want, they want people wanted like footage like today, like uh, these deep dives. We have the direct again, no one, few games have gone that deep uh, in, in terms of a preview for the general public. I always knew these guys knew what they were doing marketing wise. And as, as, as we can all see, the marketing is ramping up week after week. It's just getting more and more hyped. Now, I myself, uh, I, I tweeted earlier today, like the original plan was to play Sea of Stars, uh, enjoy that, and play Starfield, go, go right to Starfield on, on the 6th. But like, I, hey, I, I caved. I, I didn't see myself doing it, but I, I got the Game Pass uh, early access uh, upgrade. Like, hey, uh, I, I cannot wait any longer. Like this, I mean, this is the kind of game I've always wanted to play since I haven't felt this excited for a science fiction game since since mass effect like you just having your own ship and having the freedom to do what you want go where you want have your own crew uh, interact interact with them the way you want to the choice and consequence like yeah it, feel, it feels like 2007 again for me but it just uh, on a much grander scale and so I, i'm in I, i'm seeing that same energy on twitter people are just upgrading they're they're, they're, they're caving in like they're getting they're getting these upgrades as well and it's just infectious to see. Like, I truly believe this is an Xbox turning point. Like, it's not going to let up from here because we we see their pipeline. I think they are more than able to keep their promise now of you know like like a like a good AAA game uh, every three months going forward. I so and in this case it'd be more like because well October November December you got Forza and technically Call of Duty Modern Warfare three counts. So this is it's only going to continue from here. And uh, I think Xbox gamers, we wait. We were, we were patient. We've been waiting, and it's finally paying off. And you could just feel the energy and, and the excitement. So I can't wait. Bring it on. Two more weeks. Here we go. Yeah, to me, it feels like my own uh, adventure in like a Firefly or Millennium Falcon kind of ship. Just yes, Han Solo Simulator. Pretty much, especially when like you got the Q and A, and they're like, "Oh, you know, you can smuggle and this and that, and you have to buy special pods." And I'm like, "Sweet, that's gonna be awesome." Oh yeah, huh. like I, I want to make my own ship. Like I, I got some Halo ship designs, you know. I want to I want to make it like a Halo destroyer, you know, in, in Starfield. Like oh, oh my uh, mods, I, I I didn't think of that because Fallout uh, Four had console mods. You got. I think I have to believe that Starfield's going to get console mods too down the line. Like we got to have some Halo crossovers. It's inevitable. Yeah. So when it comes to modding, um, usually the creation and the creation kit, the actual like modding tools that they provide to to create content, usually comes out within a month or two after the game launches. Um. And so I'd expect when they release that, that's when the um the ability to download mod content via Bethesda's website, whether it be for console or PC, uh, it'll that'll launch alongside them publicly releasing the creation kit. Oh, yeah. And that's fine. Like, yeah. with the upgrade, uh, we, we get the first DLC when it drops. Mm -hmm. Like, I see, I see myself casually playing this game uh, year-round uh, yeah, next year, easily. Like just chipping away at it. Like I want to do everything in this game. It's gonna be 
I'm thinking to myself, what, 200 plus hours? I'm not dropping this game anytime soon. Like, I'll beat the story maybe this year just, just to see how it ends. But I'll make another save for that. But this game's ongoing. So I, I, I'll i be patient with the mods. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The mods are definitely something to, to uh, consider in the near future. Uh, Centurion, my friend, I mean, I'd love to know your thoughts on all this because... Yeah, I mean, a lot of uh, different bits of uh, Starfield dropping. I mean, it's really nice that it's gone gold now, officially, not too far away. Uh, Dana, have you preloaded this sucker yet? No, but that's just because my Xbox is always so jam-packed. I'm just going to wait until like a day or two beforehand and then preload it because I'm, I'm going to buy the upgrade to at least to have early access to the game. Um, and then probably more than likely buy the actual full game at a later date. Um, but that's just because of everything going on lately. Like, yeah, you guys know, Mike, I ended up having to like take my cat to the animal hospital. So she sucked up a lot of funds and, uh, Mm -hmm. pretty much I'm not going to buy the game day one. I'm just going to take advantage of having a game pass subscription because that's what it's there for. But Mm -hmm. other than that, um, no, I'm looking forward to everything about this game. I mean, it sounds like a Bethesda game. Uh, sounds like it's going to have like crafting, building, world building, whatever you want to call it. I know in this case it was a ship in Fallout 4. It was building your own little town or towns, uh, setting up a network between those towns of trading and other stuff. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to more of what Bethesda does best. And they craft some very unique, very fun RPGs, at least for me. I've always enjoyed playing. Uh, the Fallout games ever since they came to console, starting with Fallout 3. That was the first one I played. I had an absolute blast playing that game, and I've played every Fallout I can get my hands on since then. And this is just definitely going to be something special. Um, yeah, we could go down the road of talking about all the naysayers and the people that are somehow worried about what the game is going to be. Um I mean, there's a lot of funny stuff. Like we've seen some guys that were mad that they didn't get a review code because they have 30,000 subscribers and the guy next to him had 6,000 subscribers and got a, re- or got a review code. It's like they need a, it's like they need a freaking letter. That's like, Hey, nobody likes an a-hole. Hey, Remember that? no one likes a guy accused of sexual assault. Hey, that, that too. But you know, hey, you know, but at the, that's what I mean. Nobody likes that stuff. Like, you know, hey, there's punishments, man. Like, I mean, I know a lot about having to deal with the repercussions of an action, and it just deal. It, you know what? It sucks, but it it's just one of those things where you gotta, you know, don't do it if you don't want to freaking deal with the repercussions of it. Uh, and also, don't sit around on YouTube and social media and badmouth a company and then expect them to give you something for free. That just totally is very unusual to me. Um, but definitely I'm looking forward to what Starfield is going to do, uh, for the Xbox brand. It's going to finally get some eyes on the brand because I've never agreed with the, the sentiment that there's no games over here. Um, and no, I'm not saying that Starfield is one of those games. I'm saying Starfield is going to get eyes on the brand and it's going to literally be like, somebody's going to check out Starfield then they're going to go check out something else in the ecosystem. And now all of a sudden they're going to be like, yo, it's actually not as bad as this one company said it was. I mean, it's, it's actually kind of quite fun. I mean, 
we Xbox has one of the best multiplayer networks on the market and also one of the most interactive. And this is just going to really highlight a reason to come over to Xbox and see what's going on over here with Starfield in general. I just, I mean, dude, like I know Shockley talked about it, but the idea of like, you know, talking about a freaking startup menu, are we really, are we really judging games on startup? It's it's like people are grasping for straws at they don't like everybody's always said that Xbox needs to step their game up and do this and do that. And now here we're on the heels of Starfield coming out. And all of a sudden it's like, everybody's like, well, we didn't think they'd really do it. <laughs> um, and, and, and that's where, yeah, it's definitely about damn time for Xbox to get some recognition um, and this also just kind of goes down, you know, I don't care what, how other people want to feel about it. Like, you know, like, oh, this is something that Bethesda made. This wasn't created by Xbox. Well, you know what? Salty. If this would have ended up the other way around, like we heard that PlayStation was trying to make it exclusive, that the second coming of Christ would be here. There would be people in the streets crying. Somebody would be naming their baby Starfield. It, it would be insane. Uh, but over here on the Xbox side, we're going to hear all these excuses on why it shouldn't count. Um, and it just kind of, this is going to go down as a, as a testament to, you know, it's okay to be aggressive in conducting business, but when you're uber hostily aggressive, like PlayStation has been, and you cause another company to start buying up swathing portions of the industry that you're in. That's when you realize maybe you push too hard. It's kind of like you go and you go on the playground and you smash that kid's face every single day into the sandbox. And then all of a sudden that kid goes out and learns martial arts, becomes a black belt and comes back and basically smashes your face into that same sandbox. And it's just like, well, maybe you shouldn't have done that. I mean, you know, there you cause people to kind of do what they got to do. Um, to get it to stop and here we are now on the heels of starfield coming out as an xbox exclusive and i've dude i'm just looking forward to what we're going to truly see i'm not feeding into the the nda thing because i actually take ndas very seriously i actually signed one last week um with a comp with a company that is i'm wanting to sell some of their products and a lot of them have patents on them and they use cell tower research and stuff like that. And I wasn't allowed to just like talk to like pricing and stuff. And like, yeah, I take NDA seriously. So that's where, even if I was given a review copy, I don't even think I'd be on social media telling people I had one just out of sheer respect for what an NDA is. And I'm not saying that to like diss anybody. I'm just kind of like a little shocked on how many people are saying that they actually have a review copy. Oh, they're probably allowed to. The fact that like IGN tweeted out that their review is going to be up at a certain time. Everyone had this same kind of poster. I uh, expect my review coming up at this time implies that like part of their getting the review code was that they were allowed to announce when their review would be up. I think it feeds into the hype. Um, for marketing yeah, I, I think that's planned because there's been a couple companies that have done this lately where it's like, hey, you can expect my review on this date. Because a lot of people will sit there and they'll be like, when will the reviews go live? When the re will the reviews go live? And this kind of just builds a, 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 like a hype. And I, I think that that is a, because everyone had this almost boilerplate announcement, I think it was, uh, I think it's actually part of the, um, in, uh, of what, what's allowed in the NDA. 
And that's, I'm glad you brought up the media because to kind of close out what I'm saying, in my opinion, at least this is my opinion, when it comes to the reviews of Starfield, I, if I see any, I think at, at this point, we need to start calling these journalists, websites, whatever the hell you want to call them, out for complete unprofessionalism. I don't want to see the freaking things of, you know, like what happened with um, Hi-Fi Rush. Um, I think it was like Metro UK or whoever wrote that damn review where, well, it was a good game, but we're going to knock a few points off because we don't like the fact that Xbox hasn't released as many games as we'd like them to. Yeah, that was that, that that's not that's not that that's not here nor there. We're here to talk about Tango GameWorks, Hi-Fi Rush, and nothing else. I don't care what your political alignments are, how you feel about what's going on in the economy, or the fact that Xbox is just not meeting your standards. We're here to talk about Hi-Fi Rush, not about the other things. And that's where I mean, I'm I'm actually getting a little kind of peeved off on how a lot of people are treating Xbox as a four-letter word, like the four-letter words you don't even want to see. Like we've recently seen IGN, oh, IGN out here talking about games that are like, oh my God, you know, like look what's coming to PlayStation and not one time mentioning Xbox. It's almost like you're trying to cover for the company that is going to literally pull the same page out of Xbox's playbook of like, hey, we didn't have much to offer in first-party studios, and what we are going to offer is not going to line up with what players are used to seeing. We're going to focus heavily on games as a service, and it's like the it's like if Xbox rules for thee, but not for me. If Xbox tried to do something like that, they would be drawn and quartered out in the middle of the street. But PlayStation, it's like either a these guys are being paid to do this, or b it's like that like they're trying to white knight for PlayStation, like on somehow we need to preserve the status quo when it's just like, yo, do your job objectively and grade. Don't grade on a curve. It shouldn't matter on who is publishing the game or what platform it's on. If it's a decent game with a well put together story and the game mechanics are there and the game is optimized well, and it meets all these standards that it should meet. Don't sit there and start grading on a curve with, well, but Xbox. And that's the only thing I'm kind of wondering about on what's going to happen in the end, because I know you guys want to talk about Baldur's Gate three soon, but I, I feel like, I feel like that game is being put on a whole nother tier and level just because of the fact that it's on one platform and not another. Not on play, the PlayStation version's not out yet. I know, but it's going to be regardless. It's not regardless. I mean, like, regardless, I mean, like, people are acting like it's an actual PlayStation exclusive. Oh, right. yeah, that's and, dumb as and, shit. And, 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 and I mean, like, mm -hmm. and that's where I mean, like, they're putting, it's out, like, I, I just feel like Starfield is not going to be able to put be put on that level when, honestly, just, like, just because Starfield might actually contain a microtransaction, because, let's be honest, Fallout 4 had building packs. I actually bought the building packs because I enjoyed the building portion of Fallout 4 when it yeah, came to crafting the town. Content. It, was, it was the Creation Club content. The, no, it was the, 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 stuff in the, the stuff in the season pass beyond the Creation Club. The Creation oh, okay. Club came I after thought... this. And no, and uh, so that's one thing that did. So the season pass 
only that- contained in Fallout 4 only contained actually I think it was like two expansions. You had the the Far Harbor, which is where it took place on an island, and you had to like go interact with like the AI that was running the island. And then there was Nuka World, where like all the raiders and stuff hung out. All the rest of it was like small DLC where it was like more crafting and little yeah. gizmos that you can okay, put in your crafting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm remembering. Yep, yep, yep. And, and oh, that's where, yeah. There and was that's the automatron as the well. The automatron. Yeah, right, automatron. Yeah. Right. And, yep. And that's where I know there is probably more than likely going to be some microtransactions to um to Starfield. I'm not yeah, going to but, deny that. Bethesda created the first one. Like the first microtransaction. Right? Horse armor. Horse armor. Right? Yeah. Horse, horse armor. armor the like, infamous just... horse armor. Five dollars. <laughs> so I, that's kind of funny. But yeah. that's where I'm just saying that just because there's a microtransaction in the game doesn't mean it should be points off because the game you prefer your games without microtransactions. If the microtransactions are on a live, level where they're completely egregious, then I totally understand that. But just because there's a microtransaction there does not mean that the game is crap. Just because it does not mean the developers were out to make uh like be hyper focused on making microtransactions versus making fluid gameplay and a great story. I look at it like the developers have put a lot of blood, sweat, tears, time, effort, everything in between into getting Starfield to where it is today. And I don't want to see all that effort degraded or bashed just because of who's publishing the game and who they're aligned with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know that that'll. It might from like a handful of. See, places. that's what I mean. You, we, but we can happen. almost. That's all it's going to take. Gonna it's going to It's going to snowball. Oh, I can't. I can't wait for Kotaku's take. I, that's what I mean. It, that's, <laughs> but that's the sad part that I'm wanting to bring out and point out. And I'm not trying to be like the Debbie Downer or the. It's more like it's pretty oh, freaking sad to say that we know for an absolute fact there's going to be at least one Joker. That's going to try to do something. And then like General MLD said, they're going to be throwing that snowball down the hill, seeing if that thing can build up any freaking momentum. Oh, yeah. You're like Red Dragon or whatever. I'm not even, no. And here's the sad part. Red Dragon, that dude does stuff for satire, I think. I'm talking about the people that are absolutely (laughs) trying to get some kind of clout for their website because they want it like, like it's like I'm not trying to be an ass in saying this, but it's like some dude who is a game director over on World of Warcraft whose career is completely like stagnating and nobody really knows who this guy is. And all of a sudden he freaking comes out and comments about a freaking menu screen. And now this dude is probably going to collect some major freaking ad revenue from freaking Twitter because he got everybody and their grandmother to focus on him for 24 hours. Yeah. Um, and that's where I mean, like, yeah, it's just one of those things where I, I, I you would never have to think that this would happen with everybody would be like, oh, it's a PlayStation. If it came out as a PlayStation exclusive, you would never think that somebody's going to try to come out and say something like oh, that. Xbox Stevie or does it all the time to PlayStation to the point where PlayStation doesn't send them codes anymore. Who? Stevie or it's, it's an Australian game review uh, website. Just say they sound like synthetic they, sugar. They, they used to, um, yeah, Stevia. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 Stevior. They they used to, they, they they would do this thing where they would have reviews that were completely out of, um, like, uh, out of out of band for like the because, like, when, when you look at reviews, typically everything does fall within like a an aggregate range, right? Like, 
if if the game's rating at like an 85, you're going to have stuff down to the 70s and stuff into the 90s, right? But Steve Vior would be like, oh, the game, like, like if the average of the game was like an 85, Steve Vior would be giving it like a 6.5. It's it's wild. Like, you should look it up. Like, this does happen on both sides. It's just that you, you, you see it more with um, some of the bigger names uh, with Xbox. That is something that does trend to happen. Um, and, and, and there, there, there have been a handful. The PlayStation just does, once like it happens in occurrence, PlayStation just doesn't send the company so, codes anymore. And, and now here's like, because <laughs> like when we do our content for those who are content creators on YouTube, I could go out and make a video right now trying to highlight all the good that Xbox has done and that video will do barely anything. Yeah, but if I go video right now on yeah. how Xbox messed up or PlayStation messed up, it's like bad news. Yep. I mean, like they they Drama take that ball and the, run. Well, it's yeah, the the, al- the uh, most social media and content creation algorithms are driven by um, uh, outrage. It's just how it is. Oh, dude, even it no, but that's the way it is with more most, because it's how it, it works. <laughs> it's why actually I really don't like watching the actual news is yeah. because they don't highlight the good stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. It's like five, six, seven, eight negative things. And here's 30 seconds yeah. of something good. And then we move on to five, six, seven, eight yeah. more negative things. Yeah. And, um, and that's and that's where it's like these gaming journalist sites, which really kind of concerns me. Is like we're all over here about, you know, like, oh, my God, a game has microtransactions, which means that they took away focus from the game into making put stuff in a store. And it's like what I'm saying is with gaming journalist websites, it's the same damn concept because they're taking away the objective focus of what the game is presenting. And what they're really wanting to do is to craft craft something that is going to drive people to their site. So that way, mm-hmm. all their god awful pop ups are all over my damn screen, and I can't even consume the content without having to click three or four of them off the screen. And it's just more like they're more worried about what they can do to basically to clickbait you into their website for freaking ad revenue. Oh come on, Centurion! I know you love those anime girl mobile game ads. Come on, dude! It's it's not even like it's the like I mean like the ones for like toenail fungus. Um, just absolute insane stuff that pops up and it's, and, and here's the thing, like I'm going to, I've actually had to build some websites for fun. Why the hell is it? Some of your freaking container boxes will clip into the actual wording of the article where you can't even read the top two or three sentences of a paragraph because the freaking advertisement container block, I mean, it, container box is bleeding into the article. That means you can give a shit less about what you're writing and you're worried more about that container box actually giving the, the advertisement to the person that's sitting there. It basically degrades the experience of the person who went to this website to actually read your article and your article is basically somewhat unreadable because you can't even see it because the container boxes for the advertisements are literally overlaying over it. Well, mm-hmm. but I mean, to build off your other point though, I, I do feel if they were to, 
if Starfield were to have microtransactions or like Creation Club stuff, a, a, anything like it that, will right? Have Creation Club stuff. It's in the Eula. Oh, the the, the, the right. Creation Club happen. stuff was absolutely yeah. cool. Yeah. I think some of the most unique stuff came from Creation Club. Like yeah. I remember, like remember in Fallout Four, the arcade cabinets. Those weren't in the original game. That was a creation club thing where you could yep. where you could literally build arcade cabinets and literally have like retro 1980s arcade cabinets in your freaking home. Um right. Well, and I, Sky, I, I Skyrim has like some great If they were to do that though, they have every right to hold that back until after after the reviews come up. Cuz if they if they if they if it's before that, the haters are going to nitpick at it. They're going to blow it up. And it's going to take over the conversation, and we don't want that. It'll it'll be afterwards because Creation Club content isn't made by uh, Bethesda directly. It no, is by, yeah, they're paid mods. They are stuff that either Bethesda employees make in their own time at home, or they're stuff that uh, gets approved by uh, modders in the community that gets approved to be put into the game. Right. Uh, it, yeah. It's all, Talk about it, later. Like yeah. So it, that's exactly. definitely going to come later, but it's in the Eula now. Right. Like mm. it's we know it's we know it's coming. Right. right. And like, that, but like, that's where yeah. like but now you just said it like they're going to if there is microtransactions, there's probably a big chance that they're going to hide them until after the review period, because they know this is going to be like something that's completely weaponized. And I'm not want. We all know the, the, the major IGN individual that likes to come out on YouTube and totally knock freaking monet. I mean, knock uh, microtransactions. But then like I said, you go to their website. It's an absolute advertisement hell. This individual monetizes their YouTube channel. They have a Patreon. They have a subscription. They hide their videos behind the Patreon. So if you want to watch them the day they come out, you got to be part of the subscription. Otherwise, you got to wait a couple days until they show up on their channel after the subscribers are able to watch it first. It's the same damn concept, except for in YouTube. It's known as monetization. And just because you're not a million dollar company, apparently it's like, well, I don't have that kind of money. So this is a necessary thing when it's not necessary for these guys because they're a million dollar company. And it's like, well, I'm glad you're one of the accountants for Bethesda and you know exactly what's going on behind the scenes and they don't need any money whatsoever. I mean, I just laugh every time somebody literally gets out on the freaking soapbox and starts talking about microtransactions and every ounce of their social media is completely monetized with anything and everything they can to make an extra buck. So why is it okay for somebody else to make an extra buck, but not a developer? Does that mean I can? What? No, I'm not. That's why I'm whatever you I have nothing monetized, but that's where, and, but that's where I'm just saying, if you have nothing monetized and you say I'm against microtransactions, I will be all ears to listen to you. But I'm talking about somebody who is on YouTube that monetizes anything and everything, and that literally they're just trying to ride the coattails of the of the microtransaction argument when they themselves are guilty of microtransactions. And would you also agree that extends to blue check marks as well? Yeah, uh, I mean, it depends. Not every blue check mark is actually eligible for um, Twitter monetization. Well, I mean, the one uh, assuming the ones. Assuming they are, I'm saying. Um, yeah. So, well, here's the thing. There's no way to actually know, right? There's no way to look at a verified account to know if they have monetization uh, enabled or not, to know that if uh, 
Um, we honestly they, uh, say that like if you're about 5,000 subscribers, you, no, you, absolutely you, 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 you no one know. knows what's going on on Twitter. Twitter, like, is Elon, I don't even think Elon, I don't even think Elon Musk knows what he's doing. I think he's got a bunch of I delete huh? the block button, dude. He's, <laughs> I think, this, I think this dude has got a trash can full of ideas that he's crumpled up, and every single morning he wakes up, he pulls out one idea, and is like, Yep, this is today's idea, we're running with it. I used to think the guy was brilliant when he was talking about cars and spaceships, because these are things I don't know anything about. And he starts talking about IT stuff and programming, and I'm just like, this guy's a fucking moron. I'm never getting in one of his cars. <laughs> I don't know, guys. All I know is the, I don't know, at least the interactivity on Twitter is still, well, pretty high anyways. I mean, and but I, I, I agree. But yeah. I, 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 yeah. But I agree. I agree about you know the block stuff and whatnot. Yeah. I think they shouldn't you know, re-enable that. But you know, Twitter is still going to be well, Twitter or X or whatever. No, you it's call it. but, Twitter. But, no but, one call yeah. it X. It's Twitter. Twix. It's Twix. I Twix. Yeah. Um. But um, look, I know we could go on like uh, you know talking about Starfield and like you know all the other stuff associated with it. But you know, again, I'm happy um, that you know. It's getting the coverage that it is, and I'm I'm really excited to see like all the uh, like official impressions and reviews start coming out for it. And guys, it's not too far away. It's what two weeks away, something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it was it's twelve days, eleven days, thirtieth, I think. It comes out the thirty first at eight EST, eight PM Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> That's um, gonna be sweet. And I have the next day off, and I have the next day off, and then day off and day off. Uh it's great. <laughs> uh yeah, uh it, yeah, it's about yeah, it's about eleven days from now. A little bit less. Mm -hmm. Or no, it's it's a little bit less than twelve days. It's like eleven days and a couple hours. Well um, again, almost there. Almost there. My constellation edition is hopefully coming very soon too. Oh nice, you got that. I do. I got that and the uh, Armored Core Six on the way, the Collector's Edition. Did, so, did I'm you guys crazy. catch the, the Q and A in total for it? What uh, the Q A the the question and answer? Did you guys like look through the whole thing? I, I got a bunch of it. A bit. There's some. There's some. I I have. I put a link to the a summary of it that. Uh, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll repost it. It's a summary from uh, Paul Tazzy. It, it's it's no editorializing. It's just the a summary of the questions and what the answers were. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'll put it in chat. Yeah. Uh, okay. The only thing that I that I was a little sad about, and then I was like, wait, this is totally just gonna be a, an expansion. Is the um, uh, none of the there was the, during the colony war there were mechs used on both sides, but they were outlawed and. There, there's supposedly a planet that has a graveyard of mechs, but you can't drive any of the mechs. And I'm like, mechs are totally going to be a an expansion. It's a DLC. It's totally going to oh, be an expansion. Hundred percent. Um, so I hope so. The um, uh, but yeah, the um, the the owning property is really cool that it's in every major city because it was only in the the biggest cities in previous Bethesda games. The fact that it's in every main city is is pretty cool in this. Um. Uh, the smuggling system sounded pretty cool. Uh, people were a little sad that time wasn't going to pass while you were offline for your trade routes. But this is a Bethesda game. There should be a wait button, right? There was a mm -hmm. wait button in Fall. There was a wait button. Was there a wait button in Fallout Four? It's the only one that I can't think in my head. Was there a wait button in? You mean where you click the select button and you make time pass? Yes. Yeah. 
Okay. Like it's like that's like I mean like it's like a Bethesda I can't even think, thing. I can't even think of a Bethesda RPG that didn't have. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Morrowind did, but like that's going back a bit. Um, See, that one I couldn't. Did. That one I couldn't say, but I mean, like, shit. Yeah. The, the religions I, sounded really cool. There's well, yeah, the, like the, the serpent. Uh, yeah, there's passing, the great serpent. They believe the snake's gonna eat the universe. The celestial being, yes. Yeah. Uh, there's the Sanctum Universum, which is uh, uh, they believe that um, God and Jesus are real, but they they allowed for the creation of the hyperdrive to go find them. Um, <laughs> and oh. then there's the enlightened, which are uh, organized atheists. About time. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, and there are twenty main companions. There are other people that you can recruit for your ships that are not actual companions and settlements, mm -hmm. but there are twenty main companions. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, and companions don't level up, but they do have uh specific perks at, that can stack with your own perks. So it's kind of like I, I think the Outer Worlds had something like that. Where like the, depending on which companions you had with you, you got default um, like uh, kind of like perks for your character. Right. Like I'm pretty sure you got like engineering stuff if you had like Pravati with you. Right. So that's what that sounds like, which is awesome. I love stuff like that. Mass Effect One had that where like if you had if like you had a character that had like electronics and decryption with you, you didn't have to have it on your own character, and you could hack open yes the, the, yes, the collectibles right. and stuff. Um. But yeah, it, there was there's some cool stuff in the Q and A. Not a whole lot, but some some really cool mm -hmm. like mini stuff people should go look at. Yeah, and it does get me excited for yeah. sure. But uh, on that note, guys, I'll start uh, closing off uh, this topic. But again, lots and lots of juicy stuff here, and uh, just really exciting stuff to talk about. Uh, guys in the chat, love what's uh, going on there. Lots of fun uh, happening. If you guys are enjoying uh, our discussions, then please smash that like button. Share out the show. Let everybody know that we are currently live. And hey, if you're new here, sub to the channel. We would love to you know, keep you on. Oh, and uh, Dragonheart Yobi with the $5 super chat. Hashtag peace, love, life. Thank you, Yobi. And I agree. Peace, love, life, brother. That's a, a good motto to have. And uh, we appreciate you being here. As always, you're a great fan and a great friend. Next, guys, moving on to some other news that dropped this past week. And in an Xbox Wire post, Microsoft announced that they'll be shutting down the Xbox 360 marketplace next year, specifically on July 29th, 2024. So, you know, I mean, a little bit of ways, but hey, time uh, creeps up pretty quickly. And this includes games, DLC, and I'm assuming like movies and music as well. Now, I've seen many people disappointed by this move as the shutdown means that certain digital-only games that weren't made uh, backwards compatible could disappear, of course. Now, uh, Crusader, but I'll hit you up. I know you've got uh, some thoughts on this matter, as does everybody on the, on the panel. Uh, what's your take on this situation? I mean, predictively, I'm not happy with it. It's it's not as bad as the closure of the PS3 and the uh, 3DS stores, which happened recently. But, like, that doesn't make it good. It makes it suck less. But, like, that's like saying that, like, 100% uh, better of zero is zero. Like, I, I'm not... I, I don't like 
the concept of these of a lot of these games becoming inaccessible without piracy. Um, I mean, you can technically use Xenia for them, the the Xbox 360 emulator, but like shouldn't have to. Um, and you know, we screamed and yelled at Sony to to stop shutting down the PS3 store, and they had a great compromise where. I mean, the biggest cost of running those stores anymore is the 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 having to pay for the 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 credit card um, usage on them. So just stop letting the credit cards be used and do what Sony did on the PS3 store. Make it so you have to put money on your account either on the uh, Xbox website or on the Xbox Series X, and make it so you can. There's a button to transfer that over because that's that's what they did for the PS3 and. This, effectively, you can only load up money from like gift cards or putting money manually in your account to spend stuff on the PS3, but the store is still technically open to purchase stuff because I, you know, I purchased a couple of Ratchet and Clank things in the past year um, out of fear that they were going to permanently close it. Um, but it's really upsetting. I think the worst part of this is the uh, the uh, Xbox Arcade titles, the the Xbox Live Arcade. Because there's a lot of very good indie titles that didn't get moved over. Um, I think there's something. I, I someone did a did a count as to like how much content's gonna be lost that didn't get carried over. It's like 220 games, and I don't I don't know if there's a good count on the digital content that'll be the the digital um, like DLCs that'll be lost. Um, but it's it's very sad to see this stuff go because it's not quite like. Gaming's not quite like any other media where, like, it, it, this feels very reminiscent of the the late 20s in, in films, or the early 20s in films, I should say, where we lost a lot of early film because no one thought to keep the, the film around and, and save the film. And it it feels like we're going through the, the, the pains of uh, these companies not properly thinking forward enough with their digital storefronts. Um, and it sucks. It just sucks. It, there, there's no way around it. Um, now, you know, they, they have their business expenses and, 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 and that's all good and fine. But at some point, capitalism shouldn't trump art. Uh, and then that's a that's a big problem. And we can say all we want that, like, you know, it, it is a it's a money thing and they they it's a it's a resource waste for them and i'm just sitting here like well yeah but it's not if we looked at everything in terms of raw capitalism this is one of those things where like i definitively will say like should we be looking at this in 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 just a raw cost versus gain sort of way because there there's there are these what is essentially art being lost in the way that we lost all of this classic film from very early um very early movies and it, it makes me very, very sad to think about that this stuff is going to go away. And I fought vehemently to get the PS3 store to remain open because of classic PS3 content that's only available there. Um, I, I, I knew no one was going to be able to change Nintendo's mind, so I didn't fight very vehemently about the 3DS. Uh, it's also very, very, very easy to um, emulate uh, 3DS stuff. It's 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 really not hard. The, the the 360 is a bit harder. It's not impossible, but it's not nearly as refined as anything Nintendo. Um, 
but it, it is very, very sad to see these things go. And it is an end of an era. That's a, that's another thing. It, it would just be nice if they could implement a way that the store was functionally closed, that you couldn't use a credit card, but you could load money into it manually using Microsoft systems and still have stuff up and available for purchase. Uh, I think it would go a long way towards uh, the the fight of game preservation. Um, it, it would build trust in Microsoft's digital storefront. I, I have the most trust in Microsoft's digital storefront of any of the gaming ones by far because right. of the efforts that they've done. But if they could come up with a way to keep the 360 store up while still decreasing the costs that it costs to run it, I think that would be the best outcome because there is more than just a a, a cost of a cost of doing business when when you think about these things because this is art. Games are art. They are visual art. They are narratively their art. You know, they're they're they are they are a form of literature. They have scripts. They have stories that are told. Well, not every game, but you know, the, many do. Uh, they have soundtracks. They have voice acting, and there's a lot of just and it's it all comes together in games, unlike TV, film, or unlike uh, other things, unlike you know traditional like albums and things like that. It comes together in its own unique way, and it is just a shame to hear that these things close. And that's why I vehemently fight for any and all of them to stay open as much as I can. You know, there's there's no there's no winning against Nintendo, so I just, I don't tend to try. But like <laughs> with Sony, Sony and Sony and Microsoft, if you yell loud enough, someone will eventually come over to look and see what the fuss is about. Um, and eventually with some things they will either cave or shift course slightly. We've seen it. We've seen it happen multiple times in the last few years. You know, like we got the uh, Xbox live gold price hike. We, we, we got Microsoft knocked that off. And with PlayStation, we got them to not close the, the PS3 store. They still close the PSP store, which was unfortunate and devastating as someone who liked the PSP. But um, I, I really, really, really think that, it's very important that people should be fighting to keep these stores open in some shape, right? If, if, if I can't, if I have to go through like the trouble of loading the money into it myself, that's fine. Right. If I, if, if I don't have the convenience of a credit card, that's fine, but give me some way to, to still do this. I think that's very, very important. Um, And it would also, I, I would love, I'm sad that they stated that they closed the backwards compatibility program. They never should have stated that. They should have said that we have no plans to do anything in the future unless something falls in our lap, right? Because when they said that they close it, it feels like there's no hope for any of this content that is still stranded there to get off of there. When they never should have killed that hope. They never mm-hmm. should kill that hope, you know. Um, it's... And... It's dumb because it they, they they very well could make some 360 games backwards compatible with when they have Activision Blizzard because they'll be in control of the um that side of the IP yeah. and it will become a business reason for them. They never should have said that, that they're that they that they're never going to do it again, and that that was something silly that they they should rescind. But it's just sad, right? It just it. it it makes me a little upset just at the, and this isn't at Xbox, it's at the whole gaming industry that, that, that no one, it's not just the first parties, it's the third parties too, because there's, you know, licensing concerns and things like that. It's just really sad that um, 
that there's a uh, um that there's no that there there was no planning. It seems like people are planning now, and we have these unified storefronts now, right? Like the the there's no PlayStation Four versus PlayStation Five storefront, just the PlayStation storefront. Mm-hmm. There's no Xbox One versus Xbox Series versus even the Xbox PC store. They're all one storefront, unified storefront. So they they only they they all operate as one unit now, and they're forward thinking now. But it's a shame that they aren't making a, a stronger effort for when they weren't forward thinking and that it, 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 i i think that even as good as microsoft is uh, probably the, the the best in the industry in the console space at least pc you know everything just works because that's how windows works but microsoft's the best at it in in the console industry at at uh, the, the game preservation but that doesn't mean they're perfect and in this case they they this is a failing um and it's it's a failing driven by capital by you know capitalistic cutting down costs and that's that's a shame for what the actual outcome will be for for the the industry and the culture around it and I, I really really hope that a dialogue could be opened to maybe have this altered slightly somehow. That that's mm-hmm. all I got. Not, I mean, not angry, just sad. I mean, as much as I mean, I I don't like this personally. At the same time, I did expect this yeah, coming it, sooner I, than I later. I, I, it was fully expected. It's not like it's I not think, like this came out of nowhere. I think Xbox it, has plans for everything on the marketplace that they can. For what? I think there's a plan in the background. I I have nothing definitive, but sure. I mean, it's how the hamster wheels in my head turn. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope so too. I, I, I think, it, think it's right. It's actually right in front of you right now. What? Ant Arcade. They're the yeah. only they're the only people that are willing to support and shell out the money to create an infrastructure like that and sure. They are still the only console Xbox is still the only console that Ant Arcade has actually made a deal with. And well, the other we don't on their systems, so. I'm just saying that we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Like imagine like I'm not saying everything, but I'm just saying, could you imagine Xbox offloading as much IP as they could that they could that they were allowed to into Ant Arcade, which so, means that they're now putting it into a subscription service, which means that they could actually potentially make more revenue from doing it that way than it's stagnating in the Xbox sure. store because nobody's buying it. Um but- and at least me and another individual that we had a conversation earlier. We're hoping that Xbox actually runs like a massive going out of business sale yeah, towards the end nice. where like, I'm just saying like, I mean like make games like dollar, $2, $3. And you would see people like start buying that shit the, up like crazy. The only thing I have about the ant arcade thing is Microsoft can't license what they don't own. And everything Microsoft does own is on the Xbox One store now, right? Because that is one thing that people mix up with the Xbox 360 store closing. If it's relisted on the Xbox One store, it, you can still purchase all the. I'm talking. I'm more only talking mm-hmm. like the like the Xbox Arcade. Sure, like, but I, I have no still idea. Doesn't own most of that stuff. That's the problem. But and I'm so pretty, to I'm license saying... it, they'd have to go to each of the individual companies that own that content to license it. It wouldn't be Microsoft licensing it. No, but right. what I'm getting at is like Ant Arcade. W- Microsoft would be able to help facilitate yes, Ant Arcade yes, you're, to you're reaching out wrong. to these individuals. Wrong. 
because yeah. Xbox has done a damn good job at trying to preserve gaming as yes. best as, compared to everybody. And compared I don't to everyone else. I don't care agree. about what goes on on PC. I'm talking like yeah. on a console hardware basis. Xbox has done the best job in spades. Yep, it goes Xbox, mm-hmm. Nintendo, hilariously, Nintendo, then PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because uh, Nintendo does port more stuff nowadays, and Nintendo does have the... It's subscription only, but they do have NSO, which has a lot of classic content on it. Um, so it is that order, right? Like... Uh, Maybe if PlayStation would get their fucking head out their ass and actually put make make an effort to have PS3 backwards compatibility with natively, even if my discs didn't work, even if I had to buy the content again, I at least that's it, one thing. <laughs> I'm giving Xbox. I'm commending Xbox that yeah. they're only shutting down the sales portion of it all, and right. they're still gonna keep the servers going for people to download those games unlike other like unnamed competitors that expect you to go out and buy a hard drive and download all those games that you own onto a hard drive because they don't even want to give you the chance to download the games that you purchased for me it's like i understand the idea of closing down a storefront but i i will stand behind the idea that people who have already invested money into that storefront should have access to the licenses that they've already bought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, that's kind of a dirty move there. Just uh, being, you know, forcing people just to download and you can't download it again. That's uh, pretty ridiculous in my opinion. Um Shockley, buddy, I know you've been a little quiet. Uh, well, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Because, uh, you know, I, I know you used to be like a big physical collector. You've uh, kind of shrunk down your collection. And uh, I don't know, backwards compatibility is always, you know, it just seemed, you know, pretty important more than ever nowadays. Um, I don't know, what, what do you think with this move by uh, Microsoft, uh, you know, going to close down the 360 marketplace? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's... It's unfortunate, but it's kind of inevitable. Um, and also, even if they didn't do it, um, other than the games that they've already gotten to be backwards compatible with the Xbox One Series X um, or with their current Xbox store, a lot of those games, if they weren't able to get those deals done, those are probably going to get delisted anyway. Like, even if they kept the... 360 store open you'd probably see you know one by one those get delisted since you know there's already going to be kind of like when they delisted the you know uh burnout paradise it was backwards compatible then it wasn't since they wanted to remaster it so stuff like that so i imagine that they're probably looking at from that uh perspective of like hey all the games that we've done the deals with you know we're still keeping the access to those for you to still purchase new on our current store um but a lot of these other games that we couldn't get licensing agreements they're probably not gonna sure you can go buy the disc um and pop it in and play your 360 but you're probably those license there's probably a license for that actual 360 online store to stay up for them to even keep selling those games that's probably going to run out that they can't renew. Otherwise those games would probably be on Xbox one backwards compatibility. 
barring you know remaster like resells um but yeah outside of that at least they're keeping up the access to those games um so that that's the main point like as long as you still have access to get those purchases because let's be real the system has been out for you know how long now you've had you know ton of different sales many of the major ones you want to play are still going to be backwards compatible and then you know which ones aren't so if there's you know of the few uh ones that are you know that people actually want to play that aren't backwards compatible because at least in my mind when i've looked at them because i have a um you know 360 has you know i have a bunch of games for that aren't backwards compatible the ones that you know the specific ones that aren't um and there's there's not that many that are missing like like quality titles that you actually want to play um you know there's the alpha protocols there's you know a few others that didn't make the list um that are like at least decent to good um or you know maybe some great Um, four is a big one yeah so like some of those you know there's really not that big of a list and they're still super cheap most of those um so you can still go to a, a disc replayer name whatever retro game store or ebay and find them for pretty cheap so if you actually want to play them you can still grab the disc because remember a lot of these games were other than the xbox arcade which that stuff might be locked um and i think a lot of the main art xbox arcade games that people want to play i think a lot of those were made backwards compatible hell i had boom boom rocket i bought like in like 2006 my digital purchase was backwards compatible just there's there's some weird ones like spelunky which are backwards compatible but you can only get them on the 360 store you actually can't buy them on the xbox one store or is that one of the ones where you had to just go to like type in google and type the xbox 360 marketplace yeah which that's closing that that web portal is closing yeah, I had to do that with uh, one of the uh, Prince of Persia games, yeah. the one yeah. that's like cell shaded. Yeah, there, there's a mm-hmm. couple that are like that where they're backwards compatible, but they're not listed on the store. There's, there's only a handful and there's only like maybe 10 or 20. Yeah, but, and I'm sure uh, some of that had to do with like there's probably some the gra- licensing. They couldn't get it on the new the store, Grand, but that was kind of their the back Grand end Theft Auto way. 4 DLC. You were able to buy Grand Theft Auto 4 on the Xbox One, but you had to go to the Xbox uh, 360 marketplace to buy the DLC. I, I think they finally Freaking fixed weird. that. Recently. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I think. think that, and that along recently. with the along with uh, the Prince of Persia game, I remember reading an article saying that they fixed that. One, but I remember when I went to go buy it. I was yeah, like, why the hell can I buy it here, but I can't buy it there? What the hell's that all about? It was about? the Ballad of Gay Tony, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me check. I- I'm checking. Lost in the Damned, yeah. Uh, it only says I, I can, I-, I own this. Let me let me sign out real quick. Um, give me a minute. I mean, at least Xbox has done one gr- great thing for, for gaming, as they've kind of pushed that need. with Like, if they didn't start the whole backwards compatibility Obviously, it didn't start with them, but they're the ones that kind of like started in the modern sense. Otherwise, you may have just gotten, you know, we saw kind of PS3 kind of like nip that in the butt of like, hey, we're (laughs) we did make it backwards compatible, but then we're we kind of ended that halfway in. So that probably wasn't a good sign that the PS5 was going to be backwards compatible with the PS4. We'll never know in that world scenario. (laughs) Um, But they did get and they possibly got Nintendo on board, hopefully. Um, 
because Nintendo's never done backwards compatibility more than two generations, you know, more than just a back-to-back generation. Um, they've never done it like three in a row. Um, so at least from like the home console. So, I mean, they've kind of pushed that needle and they've think about it. You can go back and your original purchases that you had from, you know, 2005 or 2006 or whatever on the 360, they're literally honoring some of those purchases. Um, and then even went back and, you know, threw on some OG Xbox. So to give, to give PlayStation some credit with that too, they have been doing that with PS Vita and PSP stuff. When they when they when they port those games over, um, yeah, they, they have they've they've both the the one that's not good about that is Nintendo, right? They honor yeah. nothing from like the Wii U, yeah, um, or the 3DS. <laughs> like, um, like, like if we're gonna bully someone for not honoring purchases, bully, it's Nintendo that deserves to be bullied. Um, uh, and I can confirm that you can purchase Ballad of Gay Tony and Lost in the Damned on the official Xbox, uh, on the Microsoft Store. You might not be able to do it on the console, but I'm seeing you can actually purchase them straight up on the X, the, the proper Xbox Store, not the 360 Marketplace now. So, if any anyone in chat, if you're curious about that, you can. And I get people are upset of like, hey, where was the backlash here? Actually, a lot of the backlash with the PS3 Store came from like the Vita side, because they yeah. actually sold dev kits... Yeah. Uh, to developers and then like like within a month or very a short time span later said hey yeah we're closing the store i'm like well why'd you just if this was going out the door why did you keep producing dev kits and send them out for vita so it's like because those were all tied together so but yeah i mean as long as, long as they're keeping the access up i mean i think that's the most important thing is on like if I could and I've read I don't know if you really can with the Wii um because I've read every time I've googled it I get like multiple different answers of like can you access your own purchases like if you had bought it I, I hear it's either tied to the, the console oh, okay uh, the Wii U you can the 3DS you can I don't know if you can anymore for the Wii yeah it would make sense um, with the Wii you probably wouldn't be able to but because they I mean be- at least going forward Xbox has kind of put this in motion where it seems like you're going to keep your purchases from here on out. I don't know, at least for the rest of your lifetime. Yeah, because everything's tied to a universal store. Yeah. Right. So like it's it. it, And the same thing will almost certainly be true with PlayStation as well, unless they completely change their architecture, Mm -hmm. Um, because it doesn't make financial sense to not do this anymore because we live in a digital era. Right. People will drop you like flies if if suddenly you're not carrying any other shit anymore, right? It'll happen. Um, Especially if one console maker like you have your yeah. competitor Xbox is like, hey, all your stuff is safe, like hundred well, percent. And much. it has to be for Microsoft. <laughs> Game Pass demands it. Game Pass needs content. They can't just drop hundreds and thousands of games you know what i mean like it's not it's not a viable business practice with game pass it's not really a viable business practice at all for the 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 people who are operating these stores to just drop the stores anymore um but like for my and and if microsoft's gonna do it then playstation almost has to um nintendo lives in its own world who knows what (laughs) nintendo will do i'll be furious if the next one isn't compatible yeah, I'm very curious about the uh, Switch variant or new Switch, whatever it may be, but uh, hopefully it has something. And, <laughs> something. and let's be real, for the most part, who was actually 
for the 360 who is actually buying digital games other outside of xbox live arcade i'm the like, big weirdo <laughs> because back then it was just like yeah why would i spend because the there wasn't really sales for the most part for like i don't know at least when you, i was trying yeah. to look at and and to yeah. download them was a it was nightmare a yeah i um, remember doing it for a couple games because they loaded faster on the hard yeah. drives i would just buy it and then put the disc in and do the whole like install yeah install thing yeah I know I purchased Mass Effect 3 back in the day, but that's because I'm pretty sure I gave the discs that I had to my friends so that they could play the multiplayer with us. Um, yeah, because that was like the precipice of digital gaming. So it happened at like the end of the, the 360. And, yeah, um, it was a nice cutoff. Like if yeah. you're going to shut down that store, well, that's where people were heavily still physical because you could still get money yeah. for discs. Now you can't because there's not enough of a player base that's really buying them. So your resale value is kind of shot anyway, <laughs> unless right. it's Nintendo cartridges. I, um, I can't believe any of us put up with that UI, by the way. It is awful. Which mm. UI? The the 360 UI for the digital stuff. It's terrible. Like, the store and the like how you download your old stuff, you have to go back through your purchase history and find it from like yeah. a million purchases. It's, it's awful. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, when you go, when you go it, to it, like at now, the time, sure. at the time, I didn't, I wasn't bothered by it, right? But like when I went back to try and download some stuff onto my 360 a couple weeks ago, it was like, what is happening? How did we live with this? Yeah, like, what's what seemed? I think what seems convenient. Yeah, discs and and well, at the time, well, think about it. You would have found your old purchases. By the time a PS3 store would have bloated up. Yeah, it's true. The PS3 store is also abysmal. I can't believe we dealt with that back in the day. Like, because, <laughs> like, I try again, I, I bought um, Ratchet and Clank, Clank Deadlocked. I didn't actually realize they ported Deadlocked to the PS3. And it wasn't a great port. It was okay. But they did. And I, I went and purchased it probably about eight months ago. Um, that store is actually abysmal to use. Mm. Horrible. Hor- probably the worst digital storefront I've ever used. Um, now, yeah, it's pretty. let's see. Now, MLD, I mean, i got to get you to chime in here. I know you've been sitting patiently. Uh, what are your thoughts on this whole, like, again, uh, you've, you've heard, like, the other guys' opinions. What's your thoughts on, uh, again, Microsoft kind of sunsetting the 360 uh, digital marketplace? Oh, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't have much to say because... I I knew this was coming for a while. Like you, know, you can mentally prepare for this. Like I I'm a realist. It is what it is. I knew this this was gonna happen. And end of day, between Xbox, Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox is by far the best at this stuff. They're they're the best at preservation. See, it was a big deal with PS3 because they don't do like native uh, PS3 games with PS5. It's like uh, it's cloud only. Whereas with us, not only can you play the full versions, but they're enhanced in many cases. So it doesn't sting as bad. It's it's not that big of a deal. Now some people people tried to make it seem like it was the same thing, but no, it's not the same kind of scenario at all. It's not it's very much a different energy with Xbox because they put that much more effort into their backwards compatibility program. It sucks. A lot of games will get lost. Like everything pre Xbox One, PS4, 
the ones that weren't ported over or remastered or remade, they're going to get lost, and that sucks. All we can really hope for is that um, they do get the remastered treatment. They do get the, you know, like the, the repackaged, re-released. Hopefully then they'll, they'll get new life into them. But otherwise, ah, it's just it's just a part of the industry, uh, just a part of a time when devs just weren't really, develop, publishers, they weren't really concerned with this kind of preservation. So, eh, it sucks. But, uh, you know, at least... Um, my preferred gaming brand is is handling it the best possible way. And they held out as long as they possibly could. So credit where due. So yeah, that's it. All right. Short and sweet. I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, again, we could spend uh, probably a lot more time on this, but I do want to get to our final topic. Guys, anything else to say about the, uh, again, the uh, Xbox 360 store closing down next year? Are we good? All right, I think we're good to move on. But I mean, honestly, yeah, I mean, it does sucks, but it is something that I think we all kind of anticipated. Just, you know, I, I do want to see more games. Hopefully they're working on some stuff behind the scenes that we get to see in the somewhat near future. But hey, time will tell on that. Guys in the chat, you've been awesome. Definitely uh, hit the like button if you're enjoying our chat. We have another super chat from Jay Rembert uh, for $5. Thank you very much, Jay. He says, been watching this podcast for about two years now. Keep up the good work. Thank you, buddy, pal. I mean, I always see in the chat, it's great to have you here. Uh, Again, you're a sea of positivity. Thank you for always stopping by. We appreciate it, as we do with everybody else here. We appreciate you spending time with us. Um. But yeah, guys, let's move on to our final topic of tonight. Uh, there's been a lot, and I mean a lot, of discussion regarding parity between Xbox Series consoles and the competitors, um, whether that be, again, Steam on the PC or, again, even uh, PlayStation uh, getting some games. As Xbox seems to be missing out on a few titles because of said you know, the parody policy, whether it be with the, uh, you know, it seems to be more focusing on the Xbox Series S than the X because uh, of the power. Uh, one recent high profile one being Baldur's Gate 3, which is being celebrated by seemingly, well, everyone right now. And it just kind of sucks that, you know, Xbox fans have to wait longer for this one. Um, yeah, I mean, it does, you know, it does heavily point, you know, puts the limelight on this uh, Series S, unfortunately, but this isn't the first game to do that. Now, General MLD, bud, what do you think of, like, the effects of the parody policy? Like, uh, did Xbox really think this one through? Right. I mean, uh, on paper, they mean well. Like, you want to leave anybody behind when you're marketing two, two separate uh, console SKUs. So, I, I, I get it, but at the same time, uh, if this is going to get more frequent as the generation goes on, uh, I think um, it's, you know, push comes to shove. I feel like if the gamers voice this enough, uh, things are going to change. But ultimately, our voices only carry so much. It's the money. That's what I feel like is going to really change things in the future. Because uh, Baldur's Gate 3 not coming on Xbox consoles day one, that's that's money left on the table. That's more money in the competition's pocket. And Sony didn't have to pay for any deal or yeah, there's no marketing agreement. It just 
is. And yeah, that to me, yeah, it's it's not acceptable. And um, again, like there, if this continues, uh, more money is left on the table. I feel like we're going to see a change uh, sooner rather than later. Now, I mean, in this particular case, it's not that big a thing. I mean, it's just one game. Yes, it's very highly reviewed. Um, seems to be a really well-made game. But at least for us, we have Starfield coming out. Like, we're, we're pretty spoiled for choice. So the plan for me was always to just to be Starfield and then down the line, whenever the game comes, I'll play Baldur's Gate 3 then. But it shouldn't really be like that. It should have been on console uh, day one. So I, I, I hope they figure it out. It's just... Uh, it's it's just I'm, also, I'm just thinking about all the online discourse as well. You can't help but feel like this game's being put on a pedestal and being elevated beyond the fact that it's just a well-made game. It's just it's just become this whole this whole talking point that's just been elevated to like almost ridiculous levels, and and this is just PR that Xbox just doesn't not need. So. That said, the people are saying how Larian, uh, they're not optimizing well enough or they're lazy. I don't know about that. But, I mean, you've seen games like, say, Flight Simulator that run beautifully on the Series S, Series S apparently. Like a lot of games uh, uh, run well on the Series S if proper time is made. So I can't really comment on that. But... Then again, some developers just don't have the time and resources and manpower to, to properly optimize, especially knowing that um, the game might perform uh, sell more on PlayStation anyway. It, it's a whole mess. It's all complicated. Mind um, you, it's not the game won't run on the Series S. It's that the game with its split screen enabled won't run on the Series S. Right. It's, mm. it's not that the game won't run. It's that the split screen won't work, and Microsoft won't let them put split screen on this, uh, won't let them cut it for just one of the two consoles. Right. And then, but yeah, because then you got gamers start like, putting two and two together because um, the new Forza Motorsport coming out doesn't have it at launch, and Halo Infinite ha had it scrapped, and those are first party games. So, altogether, it does seem like it's an emerging problem. I'm in the camp. They should scrap the parody clause. If it's just for things like split screen, I think it's it's a niche enough feature that it can be cut, and there there will there will be backlash, hundred percent. But I feel like it will it will be negligible enough that the pros will outweigh the cons. The pros being obviously that Series X gamers get the game day one, and even Series X gamers dwell. Just they, they just have to know beforehand that hey, you don't have this one feature. If you're upfront about it, people know that going in. I feel like it'll, it'll be okay. So uh, the, 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 that's what I think. I, I they should they should change it. I'm in the camp that they should change it, especially if it's for a feature like split screen. If it's for a, a much bigger thing that's essential to the core experience of the game, then uh, th that's another topic. But <laughs> I feel like split screen is a very touchy subject, especially on on Twitter or <laughs> X. Like I, I get it. If you're Nintendo, split screen is like completely mandatory. Nintendo is synonymous with couch co-op. Period. Xbox and PlayStation, not so much. I, I firmly I firmly believe that. Like the culture 
of the gaming culture around Xbox and PlayStation, it's it's more around single player games, online multiplayer games, split screen, couch co-op. That's more of a Nintendo thing. And I feel like there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that. So if I, split screen has to be cut for a, a single player, um, a, a primarily single player Xbox, PlayStation, multiplayer um, Western RPG, do it. So I, be I, it. I do think that one thing does have to be said that this is literally like their games, like Divinity and now um, this are literally Dungeons and Dragons campaigns just as a video game. Right. right? Yeah. They right. are fundamentally designed for you and uh, and up to four people to play it as if it w- you were having a dun- like playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, That's how they fundamentally work. And so there is a larger difference with this being split screen versus that, because instead of having your D and D session in your, in your basement, nor in your, you know, dorm common area, like I did in college, um, you could do it on the big, on a big screen and just have a D and D campaign like that. So there is a little bit of a fundamental difference between, between what Baldur's Gate is trying to do um with its multiplayer and and that because it is fundamentally uh, it is fundamentally a D module that has just been digitized um but it, it's it, it's a very unique situation with its multiplayer okay and i get that especially yeah. if you know you're trying to recreate that dungeons and dragons feel with yeah. your friends it, it would be, it, it's almost like a fighting game not having the ability to have two player two different controllers hooked up on the same console does that make sense it's 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 similar to that, but they, they, Larian's really the only company that's making this type of RPG, right? Like, and I mean, it literally is Dungeons and Dragons. Baldur's Gate is the, it, it's, it's in the, the default world of Dungeons and Dragons. Baldur's Gate how, is part of the D&D uh, uh, IP. Crusader, how big would you say Larian is as a studio? They have 400 employees, I believe. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. They, so I, they, they got much bigger during the development of Baldur's Gate because it was one of the most successful early access games of all time. They actually acquired several studios that were um, supporting their development. Um, uh, they, they were always, a, they, they were always a, a, a semi-okay studio. I think they had about 120 people going in from, from Divinity to Baldur's Gate. They expanded massively with the funding because the, the amount of people who bought the game in early access was the amount of people they expected to buy the game overall. Right. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a very unique situation because the other thing is people think that they got all kinds of funding from Hasbro, Wizards of the Coast for this. They actually had to pay to use this IP. They got no funding from Wizards of the Coast. In fact, Wizards of the Coast for the longest time wouldn't give them the IP. They founded their studio as former devs who worked on the older Baldur's Gate to try and get the Baldur's of uh, gate IP out of dormancy from Wizards of the Coast, and Wizards of the Coast kept denying them until um, Divinity Original Sin Two was such a success. Um, now it wasn't a huge success, but it was a, a very popular um, RPG of the style of game. It was basically what they wanted to make as Baldur's Gate, the 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 the, the devs at Larian. Um, so like this is kind of their dream game. That, that the studio has always wanted to make is Baldur's Gate 3. Like, literally, Baldur's Gate 3 is what they've always wanted to make. Um, and so, like, all of the, the, the... They had to pay for the license. They didn't get any... Fun, all of the funding has come from either early access purchases or the purchases now. 
or pre-orders. Um, which the pre-orders gave you the early access of the first act, and it was like only half the first act. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, they're 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 growing into be a large organization of mm-hmm. uh, of um of developers. Just because I know that they were on or are on Microsoft's watch list. Yeah, for I, they, they have a very the the CEO of that company is has is uh believes in like truly believes in independence truly doesn't believe in exclusivity agreements to the point where their pr is going out and specifically saying look this is not a platform Mm. exclusive we do not want to be called a platform exclusive uh the only reason this is a platform exclusive is because we need the only real reason it's it it isn't launching on all the platforms is we need more time to get the the functionality we believe the game needs to have uh in uh like for, for the the majority of people um the, the, we we need more time to to do that um and like they they were they they were shooting down fanboys left and right on on twitter calling it a a, a console exclusive cuz it's not because uh, you know we, we have in the gaming industry we all have and, and like you know we're we're kind of part of the industry right we are um we're commentators on it. We're, we're creators, content creators, and we're, we're, we're part of it, but there's some language we use that isn't correct business language, right? A, a big one is second party. Second party doesn't exist. Um, right. it, it is first party or it is a third party. We have this imaginary term that we use called second party, which is for uh, a first party game developed by a third party studio. Um, and that's that. That's a nice term for us to use in conversations, but it doesn't exist. And we'll say the same thing with like console exclusives, right? If it's exclusive to one console and not on another, it's a console exclusive, right? That, that's how we say things. But publishers do not like it when it's called that because that implies that they were paid for a form of exclusivity when they might not have been. And that's, the, that's very much the case here with Baldur's Gate 3. They do not like it being called a console exclusive because it's not, and they don't intend it to be in any shape or form. Huh. Um, th- th- that's just another one of them terms that if you're using it, you, you make sure you, you use it correctly or know that there is a, a, a correct form of the, of the term. Better watch out, guys, or Crusader will come after you. Oh, I'll come after you for the second party thing. I don't I, the console exclusivity. I don't. I don't care. It doesn't come up nearly often enough. Second party doesn't exist. It existed once in the history of gaming, and it was with Rare and Nintendo because Nintendo ran Rare's books. They mm-hmm. they managed them. They didn't own them, but they basically completely managed them in all of their budget. So Rare watch out, chat. Second party. Watch out, chat. Um, Shockley, buddy. I mean, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, again, the situation w- with Baldur's Gate three, and again, the studio's explanation of uh, like why it's not coming to uh, Xbox, and some of the difficulties with, well, seemingly the uh, the Series S. Uh, got an opinion on this? Yeah, I mean, for I, I don't really understand so much that i get from maybe this game but maybe for some other stuff the uh why there has to be really a parody clause because really there doesn't really seem to be because obviously there's some modes or like hey that might be 60 fps on the series x but only i think 30 fps on another it's a functional (laughs) parody requirement not visual visual there is no parody it is functionality of the game they must function the same but they can have different visual and performance targets 
Gotcha. So you can't have uh you can't have like a mode missing and split screen is a functional thing, like a, a functionality portion. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Um yeah, I mean outside of that, uh, I mean they probably would have and could have got it out. Um it's just but think and it's probably from both sides. So, you know, it's Xbox isn't probably like super rushed worried about it in the sense that it's not a they already have star starfield covering their bases so would they really care if this game like was delayed a few months after so they have you know their players have another game to play since they're expecting you know they're uh it's coming around the same time as starfield so and same and vice versa the developers probably like well on xbox all these people that with game pass are going to have this not even having to purchase and compete with starfield they're just going to be, you know, not given the game, but this game is just going to show up in their library for their existing subscription. Um, so it's going to be hard to compete with that alone, and it also be, you know, freaking Starfield, the next first IP that we've seen in ages, or new first new IP we've seen in ages from, like, Todd Howard. So um, it's hard to compete with that, so it's probably makes sense of like, hey, this is going to take us a little bit more resources. We can get it done, which they've said like, hey, you know, it's just not ready yet once it is. So they, it sounds like they're still working on it and still have the intention to because there's still going to be uh, monetary gain by still not just axing it out all the way. Because, you know, if you think about it, one of the or the biggest uh, economy in the world, you know, it's xbox and playstation are relatively competitive in this um you know in this market unlike you know rest of, most of the most of the world uh japan europe and other places usually are heavily uh playstation um so i mean it, i think it's just kind of like a perfect storm in that sense i also haven't figured out like why is this game being put up against starfield in a lot of conversations um, other than I guess them kind of being in this, yeah, kind of being in a same similar genre, but then also kind of not being in the same <laughs> one being a Western RPG that isn't a turn based. I don't even think there's a uh, like at least Fallout have like the option of where you could do like the VAT system, which kind of broke it down. Some not really turn based, but kind of slowed it down. Um, whereas I haven't seen anything like that in starfield so if one's a turn-based like and it's top down it's like completely different like gameplay <laughs> it's like not even remotely the same um you know heck witcher and breath of the wild are closer than <laughs> i feel like these two games in that sense so it's I like they do share a lot of the same kind of fans um I mean, obviously, sure. Baldur's Gate's appealing to the masses, which is wild for a CRPG. Never would have expected it in my life. The amount of people playing it, it you, you can't say it's the, the casual CRPG group anymore. I mean, it's it had almost a million. Yeah, I will, say, I will want to see those numbers on console. Yeah. Because I think people are like, oh, Baldur's Gate. I remember playing that on the PS2. Well, this isn't the same. It, so, it was, and I think people. It was out pre-ordering Madden for the last two weeks on PlayStation. Yeah, but I feel like some of that's also on how bad Madden's been. Or not Madden, maybe it was FIFA, whatever the the, the, the soccer. Oh, okay. Is. Not not the football one. I Madden's already released. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, but, but 
yeah, it, it was the uh, whatever they're calling the soccer one now. FIFA, or, yeah, oh, the FIFA, yeah. No, it's not FIFA anymore. Oh no, like sorry, EA, uh, EA Sports, Sports FC, FC or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. I would, I would want to see that transition. I can see how it could be super, you know, big on PC because I can see how this game is going to be a lot, uh, a lot more enjoyable with the uh, mouse and keyboard. Um, but I'm sure it'll play just fine on console. But I feel like a lot of hype is coming from like if this wasn't a, a you know, somewhat quote unquote console exclusive as of at the at least at the moment. I feel like a lot of it's it wouldn't be sure it'd be talked about hey it's a 97 um but if it was coming out with consoles i feel like i feel like it's getting way more traction <laughs> i feel like it's being talked about in our crazy enfranchised circles more uh because yeah. there's vitriol behind it i i, I can agree I, I could agree with you with that um because be- before that i do think that People the second are underselling Boulder's... the D&D IP. D&D yeah. is so popular. Um, Especially it, it, with like, Stranger Things. Is yeah, like with Stranger Things, it... then like Vin Diesel showing up on Critical Role, and then Critical Role in general. People mm-hmm. love Critical Role. Um, and I, I think that there's, a, there's a, a lot of people who haven't ever gotten to play D&D in a group, but now they can play it like digitally as a video game with a dungeon master that is just the a like the computer um i i think that's a that's a big deal uh a really big deal is the is, is the ip that it is dungeons and dragons yeah and and i think it works in their favor like hey if it's going to be on playstation well they're not going to be able to play hmm. starfield they'll probably be yeah. you know envious to play this well here's something to you know and and PlayStation gamers are looking at it like, hey, it's like an, we got another exclusive in a sense for the time being. Um, so, I mean, it kind of works in their favor, kind of works in not so much works in Xbox favor, but at least, hey, they can this might they might get more subscriptions, you know, or subscribers to jump on for Starfield <laughs> now since, you know, you don't have access to this game to take up your time. I don't know. I mean, it it sucks. It hopefully it doesn't happen too often, at least for any other future like major releases. And they should like do whatever they can to help. Right. Maybe, maybe not like super niche uh, you know, or super indie. I mean, they should help whatever. Or should have a team that already, and I'm sure they do. But they do. Um, but they should definitely seek out ones like this, where it's like, hey, it's this is at least a quote unquote like somewhat big release or at least anticipated game, um, you should probably get a team on this to like right away <laughs> or give them the funding. So then they themselves are, you know, just kind of do some type of partnership. Cause if it's not on your console, it's still going to hurt you or at least help your competitor and help, you know, when you already have low exclusive count <laughs> um, and they already bought up a lot of the other exclusives like final fantasy, and all you had was basically Starfield and a new Forza. It's not the greatest look. So, um, but yeah, that hopefully that's this is the last we see of it. I'm sure it probably won't be, but <laughs> um, and it's just the same that thing that goes on with Xbox in general because you know if someone will release a game on PlayStation first, 
and then okay we'll focus on that because you know just like with final fantasy whether they sign an exclusive deal or not sometimes they can't afford because they don't have the funding to focus on both consoles that it's you know development it's getting super expensive so they need to focus get one out the door recoup some funds there okay cool now we can release it on another platform mm-hmm. so no yeah oh, well said there eric well said now, Centurion, I know you're patiently waiting, and uh, I'm very curious what your thoughts are on this whole, again, Baldur's Gate 3, the whole parody situation with uh, Larian. I mean, uh, what do you think? Do you agree with what the guys are saying? I, I want to hear your points here. Are you sure? I am the surest I have ever been in a long time. <laughs> I, I kind of voiced my opinion on the video. I just I'm kind of like, I liked how General MLD put it. General MLD kind of put it well. Do I, the parody thing is a little hard and difficult to to kind of nail on the head for me because as a product designer, I would not want anybody to tell me what I should do with my product or how that if they did, if we did A, B or C, their job would be easier. I would be the per- like, this is my platform. These are my rules. And, you know, if you don't plan or manage right or figure out what it is to do what you got to do to play by the rules that I want on my platform, I don't really feel that should be like passed off onto the platform holder. That should be on the company that chose to ignore the, the elephant in the room. You know, um, I have to plan for things all the time and I have to know everything that's involved. And they knew ahead of time that there was going to be that parody clause. Um, they had a very long lengthy access period on PC. Um, they're very like for starters, Larian is extremely lucky, extremely lucky that they have a very understanding publisher that would allow them to launch a game into an access period that I think was like, they are their own publisher. So, well, then there you go. So, therefore, Larian is what they are, and that's where I stand by. They're an anomaly. This is not standard practices on how game design works. And by that whole idea of it is Larian made some decisions that, in my opinion, they shouldn't be shielding themselves behind uh, the RAM difference between the the Xbox Series S and the Xbox Series X. Uh, It came out in an interview that I have right here on my computer um, from the, the CEO and game director over at Larian that he flat out owned up to. It's not a problem with the Xbox series S it's a problem with the dedication of resources and the fact that they did not have the resources necessary to work on everything simultaneously. And in what I do, this is what we call the path of least resistance. They knew that they could work on PC very easily because of their access period, so they chose PC. Mm-hmm. It was originally and only they, gonna launch there. It wasn't originally supposed to launch on consoles. That's where like so yeah. that's where and yeah. then they had the two platforms and yeah, like General MLD said it. They had to pick the platform that they thought they were gonna sell the most on, which was PlayStation. And also because yes, it is easier to develop because you're dealing with literally the same damn console. One just like lacks a, dr- a desk drive. I 
will never join into the the banter of that the Series S does not have a reason to exist. The Series S actually performs a massive service in the gaming industry right now, and that's basically affordability. Uh, that's a big thing in the in, in the world right now is a lot of people don't even have uh, a lot of money right now because of just inflation and how crazy everything gets. Um, I have a number of friends that have Series S's, and not at one time do I feel like because of their Series S, my 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 gaming experience has somehow been hampered because of them having to become Series S owners. I'm just mm-hmm. happy that the people I game with that that are that that have affordability issues and um, aren't as blessed as I have been to be able to afford these consoles. Um, I that's where I'm glad that they have an option to continue gaming with me. Um, as a matter of fact, he you know he bought me Remnant Two the other night, and we've been playing on Remnant Two, uh, playing Remnant Two, having a lot of fun. And he's on an S, and I'm on a Series X. Um, when it comes to split screen, that that's a very touchy situation because regretfully, um, yeah, it is extremely niche. Um, we I was on a show the other day where there was ten people on the show, and pretty much everybody downvoted on on split screen except for one person. Yeah, I'm probably and the only person went, on this show, right? Right? Yes. Like, I, I think I think that's been established in past shows. I'm the only one on this show. Oh no, I like. I, I like split screen, so maybe See, okay. I like I like, <laughs> I like split screen, but at the same time, um, regretfully, split screen was on the way out the door the minute the first group of people got together and backpack tube televisions into a garage and started having LAN parties. Everybody thought LAN parties were the absolute shit. Everybody wanted to play on their own screen, and and it was an amazing time for gaming because for the first time in gaming history people were able to play on their own screens because come on, we all remember back in the day playing the golden eyes and the perfect darks and the other like four bot. If you had four people playing the four boxes on one screen and literally you had what was referred to as screen peeking and you could literally look down at your opponent's screen and know where they're at and get the upper hand. Um, it, it kind of like sadly split screen started becoming a little bit outdated and and on its way out the door um, when basically online gaming became a big deal. Um, There is those rogues, like I'm talking like a way out. It takes to games that were specifically designed for a couch co-op experience. And that is where Larian is trying to design a game and, and that's where I'm just saying with Crusader's explanation of the Dungeons and Dragons attempt to have a party-based thing, I'm just wondering how many people are taking advantage of that design feature. I, I know we so and one thing that like because I you know I, I'm I'm a young I'm a youngin on the podcast. I, I just I graduated college more recently. Well, and one thing with um with us is we like we used it heavily with uh, Divinity in college. Right. Like we were using it heavily there. We, we've been using we use split screen heavily in college. Um, I know my roommate and I, who was my college roommate, would actually uh, probably play Baldur's Gate split, uh, split screen. He's trying to desperately to finish uh, Divinity 2 before they get Baldur's Gate. Um, so there are there are quite a few of us and there is a lot of use cases, at least for the, the like the the younger ish generation that's in college right now. Because a lot of times you can't fit multiple consoles in a dorm room, right? So you and your roommate might 
be playing stuff together on, you know, I might bring an Xbox, they might bring a PlayStation, and we might split screen stuff on those. So there, there is there is a use case, at least from like the 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 group of people that I, you know, like the the where where uh, I've come from more recently, I should say. Does that make sense? No, it makes sense. I just vote on the fact that regretfully, you know, sometimes when you're designing a product or a service, you have to sometimes think about like what you could do to the pop to a product by trying to appease a lower sure. denomination of consumer. Sure, sure. And um, that's where Larian has created a situation for themselves as great of a developer as they can as they are and i really praise the game i want to i'm gonna wait for it to come out on xbox because i'm that's where i prefer to play games um especially a game this long but that's where just for me there's just like certain issues where to me like i don't agree with the drop in the drop in co-op thing where you can't drop out um i know you explained it to me that you can you could have a story but I can't remember the last time I got together with any groups of friends and we wanted to basically go read a synapse of the adventures we had together. Sure. So, and again, it is fundamentally just like Dungeons and Dragons, right? Like I have a, I have my friends, I have one friend group who they actually, for the last, I think it was something like 30, 35 weeks, were playing Divinity 2 every Wednesday night. Now we play Dungeons and Dragons in my Discord server of college friends and friends of friends. We have one D&D um, campaign that runs every Sunday night. We had one D&D campaign running every Monday night. We just finished that one. We, it was a, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, the Ice Queen. Um, one of the, the pre-built modules. We, I was in that one. Uh, and then we had, uh, they have the, the Larian campaign that just transitioned to Baldur's Gate on Wednesday night. And then on Thursday nights, we have another Dungeons & Dragons campaign going on in our Discord server. Um, so like, I, like I do have friends who schedule the time to like to every week to play Dungeons and Dragons together. And this is the equivalent of scheduling time to play Dungeons and Dragons together. It's just a video game instead of the the tabletop experience. Right. It's just the structure of it is built for that audience. And this is where sometimes in designs, you're trying to replicate something that basically like works well in one medium medium but does not work well in another uh, so i mean just because it doesn't work well for you doesn't mean it doesn't work well that's one thing i'll say here right because that some people don't like the way that you only have one life in a battle royale game versus infinitely respawning in something like halo that doesn't mean it doesn't work in the battle royale game it just doesn't work for you right see that's where the that's where these decisions I talk about are regretfully you're screwing over a customer base over a game design that does not probably have a large attach rate. I don't know. Kind, uh, kind of like with kind of like everybody got up in arms over Halo Infinite. Everybody wanted to have split screen and co-op and co-op is actually probably one of the least used uh, features. Are, like, you saying, are you saying co-op or are you saying split screen? Co-op is heavily used in, in, in Halo. Yeah. yeah co-op is heavily used in halo i'm talking though no, like the split screen stuff split the split screen, screen stuff story. the split, split screen, screen stuff was like basically x amount of users are going to use it we are expending a large amount of resources and by the way it's not what is the end return and you said like earlier well, again, like 
fundamentally Why? it worked on the Series X. It, it like you could glitch it to work. You could glitch into it. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, it, just, it didn't work on the Series S because the same glitch would run the game at like twelve FPS. Um. Oh. This is why I'm not going to like try to like beat it in the head. But if sure. I pulled this shit at my job, I'd be in trouble. Well, I, and, I, and I sit here and I, I, the the whole the whole purpose of Xbox making a console is essentially they're making a marketplace for people to come sell stuff. And if it's hard for people to come sell stuff the way they want to, it's one thing. If it's another thing for like one of the, the best products of the year can't launch on it because they can't launch on it the way they want to. I, I find that to be a platform problem and not a developer problem. Because the whole reason that Microsoft wants to make money is to get people to come and sell software and take 30% of the sales. That's that's how Xbox works, how PlayStation works. Que um, uh, just a mm, question, though. Sure. Um so this it's being postponed until 2024, but they haven't given like a month or a specific. No, they date, said right? it's, they said at a minimum it won't be till next year. Mm. Is what they said, which That's is probably true because it is fundamentally it's probably very difficult because you're essentially rendering the game two or more times on on the series um, on the series S, and you can't you don't have the the memory backbone to do it. Which means it is it would be very hard and it's possible. So but it's, if I it's, can, it's significantly more work. I'm gonna say it right now, and I'm sorry, Invader, about the YouTube algorithm, but I'm just gonna say it like this. Mm -hmm. Xbox is actually on its way to establishing itself as a powerhouse in the gaming industry. Sure. And if any developer wants to sell their fucking product on the market, they better figure it the fuck out. That's how I'm it's going to work. If you're going to design a product that's going to be sold on someone's store, you need to figure out how to design it right and dedicate the resources necessary. Otherwise, you are guilty of mismanagement. And therefore, you don't pass the buck onto somebody that put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into the hardware device that is allowing people to actually afford to game in the world that we are in right now. You can just flat out man up Put on your big boy pants and accept the fact that you did not dedicate the resources to the fight you needed to get that game across the finish line with parity for everybody. But instead, you chose your customer base and you decided to play favoritism with the path of least resistance. If X, if the if the roles were reversed and play, and the Xbox had the ecosystem the size of PlayStation's, I think for one second that Larian would have figured it out and knew how to get that game across the finish line for Xbox players, but they chose the ecosystem that was larger and would net them the most revenue. I, 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 I'll just try. Yeah, that's right. I, I do agree with that to a point. However, <laughs> Microsoft, if they actually want to succeed and regain market share, uh, they need to not have the most important, biggest games in here miss their platform. You okay? know what? But could if anybody get here's the thing, it's Baldur's Gate. Two to one. Again. It's Baldur's Gate. We had no idea that Baldur's Gate was going to blow up the way it did. And now, guess what? Xbox is like, oh, shit. You know what? I guess maybe we should. And like, this questions the parody clause. But the funny part is, if Baldur's Gate 3 falled flat on its face and people could care less because they didn't want to play a Dungeons & Dragons RPG, this discussion would not be even happening. You're not wrong. But this is the reality we live in. And you know what um, it's and basically it's basically Larian got a winning powerball ticket. You're right. And yeah, they're and they're blowing right. up and guess what? Now and now Xbox has to pivot. And that's one thing that Xbox is really good at is pivoting, but at the same time 
I just don't really fully agree that all the blame is exclusively on Xbox because Larian was the designer of the game and they made the logical decision to basically favorite one consumer over another. If they really cared about, cared about the whole breadth of Dungeons & Dragons community, no matter what platform they were on, maybe they would have focused equally on all platforms, but they instead they chose which on one was easier, second easiest. They focused PC first. They, they did PC first. I'm talking, okay, fine, and but I'm saying as a console, because there is, here's the funny part, I know people with very, with, very decent computers that can't play Baldur's Gate 3 because their computer can't do it. Sure. And that's where they're basically nixing out a, a consumer base where right now, I, that's where I just don't really let, that's one thing I like about Xbox is they actually do try to care about the smaller guy. I myself have literally had a customer throw money on the table in front of me telling me to basically shit can another customer and basically bypass their order because they're trying to bribe me to basically to to get their order out quicker when the person that couldn't afford doing something like that, I'm supposed to just kind of be like, no, I told them I'm not going to be paid off like that. I treat all my customers with e with equality and respect. Now, just to, to chime in here, does Sony have a marketing deal with Larian? They had a single show trailer show up as a showcase. We have no idea if there's an actual deal. They don't do exclusivity stuff. Mm hmm. Um, right. And who knows if they had gotten it to work on Xbox, you know, if the series and, and and here's my big thing. No one's asking for the game to not release on the Series S. All we're asking for is them to release the parody clause so it doesn't have to have split screen on the Series S. That's it. <laughs> that That's that's mm -hmm. all Larian wanted here. Right. And I, I have a problem with Microsoft dictating that, you know, I, I understand. I, I get the dictation that. If a game launches on one, it has to launch on the other. But they built smart delivery so that you could ship different versions of the games onto the different consoles, whether it be Xbox One or Xbox Series or Xbox Series X versus Series S. We've seen it with Sea of Thieves. There's a the version of Sea of Thieves that's on the Series S is significantly smaller. It has uh, the the uh, texture files and uh, the assets are significantly smaller because they're not using the 4K texture maps. They are actually shipping smaller texture maps. I don't understand why. A, the that there is a parity clause for features between the two. It is a budget console, and what comes with a budget console is sure the same game should be available, but if budget experiences, if you get if you're buying the budget console, <laughs> it, it, you should yeah, it's a budget experience, right? Exactly. That, that, I couldn't have said it better, Shockley. Like getting. I don't the think they expected on, these scenarios to come up as much as they are. Sure, and that's that is a. And that's fine, but that that should have been something that they should have thought about more because scaling back your your RAM pool isn't just going to affect rendering, and that's what they planned on because that was the difference in scaling between the the two consoles, and that's something that people said from the beginning. From the beginning, Digital Foundry and other companies pointed out that the fact that there was a RAM differential on the two systems was probably going to lead to be a slight problem. Mm -hmm. And it, it has. It has peaked its ugly head. And it's only going to get worse from here. And so I'd argue that Microsoft was wrong to impose a feature parity clause in the first place. They were correct to impose a release parity clause that if you release the game on the Series S, 
or if you release the game on Series X, it has to be released on the Series S. And it is a dual entitlement because it's the same console family. So if you own it on Series S, you own it on Series X. That is a perfectly fine parody. That in its own is a perfectly fine parody. But it should have ended there. The versions mm-hmm. of the games, because they can be shipped differently, should be allowed to be shipped differently. Mm-hmm. Because the fact that like split screen worked in Halo Infinite on Series X, Series X just fine. I've stress tested it myself. You know, going as far as you could from the from each of the other players, rendering totally different things, and I couldn't get the damn frame rate to drop below sixty, right? But the fact that it didn't work on the Series S, and that's the basically the reason why we didn't get it on the Series X, is dumb. I'm getting a lesser experience because the budget console can't run it, and I'm not asking for them to not get Halo Infinite. I'm asking mm-hmm. for them. I'm asking for me to get a feature because my con- my higher grade console can do it and theirs can't i don't see a reason why this parody uh, parody should exist in the first place besides a parody that if you release it on one it has to be released on both and if a person buys it for one you get essentially the dual entitlement Mm -hmm. i mean again i have different like i can go like different ways with this um i mean i will say that i mean is Baldur's Gate 3 the straw that breaks the camel's back when it comes to Series S? No, I mean, I really don't think so. I think I mean, the I'm Series happy the Series S exists. It's great. No, it's, it's, no. it's legitimately just that the Series X features for the Series X are being held back definitively. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, again, like again, I agree with Centurion. You know, it's a fantastic that you know so many people get to play yep. you know, on this console. Um, but again, we all knew, like, yeah, I mean, it was a you know. The reason why it was a you know a cheaper console to begin with was because you know this entry level, uh, next gen I guess now current gen system is because again you know not quite as powerful but man does it you know does it uh, you know sure pack a punch for what it is and it is a fantastic console, um, but yeah you know the parity clause itself uh, you know maybe Xbox should Microsoft should you know rethink this, uh, but do I think that this game I mean yes it is getting great fantastic reviews right now um you know will will people still be talking about it in a couple weeks who knows i really don't know starfield's gonna be out soon that's gonna be a game of the year contender more (laughs) you know more or less we'll see in time um but uh yeah i mean we'll have to see what you know larian says in a couple of months going into next year hopefully we get some news soon about uh you know an xbox port you know i i just again i'm curious i'm curious um you know what they have uh cooking up really and uh, what they're putting their time into i, uh, I got fear that the console is that, that there's a chance that the xbox becomes similar to the switch where the only thing on it is first party that that's mm-hmm. a that is a general f- a fear of mine that has been arisen because of this because people third parties generally genuinely just skip the switch because they can't get their shit to run on it right right And if that becomes a problem because they have certain features that they can't get to work on the Series S, then is it just going to skip? Are our third parties just going to start skipping the platform in general? No, no, no. That's just like, no, that's speculation. That's that's fear mongering. Is it? It is. It is. In the North American market, the PlayStation and the Xbox have equal shares. They'd be leaving a lot of money on the table and be very foolhardy. Right, but the the American market's just the American market. These games sell very well Dude, in Europe and everywhere so, else where it's not. 
There's a reason mm-hmm. why PlayStation moved their uh, corporate offices out of Europe over to the United States. The money's over here. Oh, no, he's right. It's just I know that, again, just and, being... And it wouldn't like... be everyone, but you could see more and more of it. Uh, this is not mm-hmm. the last game that, if they don't change the parity clause, this won't be the last game that's good. Just, just, yeah, this won't be the straw, but I feel but like the next the straw, big game will, but... will be the one that breaks yeah. the parity clause. And it'll happen. It'll happen. There will be another game that will that will skip the platform. I guarantee it. If they don't change the the, the parity clause, mm-hmm. I just say the parity clause should not be just this bre- breathing. You know, we're just going to get rid of it. I think it should be approached by a case by case basis. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because we need to yeah, make sure right. that the developers are doing everything they can on their end to at least make it possible, and that this isn't just going to be some lazy ass scapegoat of. Because there's even a thing, there's even the narrative in the industry right now that most de- that there's a lot of developers that don't want to take the time to optimize because optimize is a lot of manpower, it's a lot of resources, and they would rather brute force the game with the power that's available to them in the consoles. And that's where I really believe if they are wanting, if Xbox is like, we're flexible on the parity clause, but you need to give us a damn good reason why and you need to put all your data on the table that shows us that you have tried everything you can as a workaround and that this just is hey we we just thought it'd be quicker just to do it this way mm-hmm. yeah it can't be a crutch i, I would I say at a minimum uh, like split screen just remove that from the parity requirement just mm. straight up split screen cut it mm. split screen if the if developers and again, because that is almost a rendering feature, right? I mean, it's, right. it's and a that, functional that's feature. I'm a, that's why I agree with what General MLD said. Like split screen, it's a niche enough market; it can work. They even did it on the on the on the Steam Deck, no, where it, it runs yeah, on the it, Steam. Yeah, yeah, and it turns off the feature on the Steam Deck. Yep. Yeah, it turns off split screen on the Steam Deck. Yep. So we know the game can run on a substandard yep. piece of hardware. It's literally the problem is the split screen. Right, because what what you're doing is you're rendering and doing all the calculations twice. When you do split screen, that's yeah. how split screen. Oh, at least at least twice, everywhere. and if you have a yeah. party of four, it turns into a complete shit show. Right, right. And I actually don't <laughs> know how many people you can split screen with it. I think it's four, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know for a hundred percent certain. Um, Question, but, Crusader, like, yeah, this is a, this is a primarily PC uh, centric IP though. So, um, but who's gonna I, who's I gonna do split screen on a PC screen? So like we used to, we used to just all sit back in um in a in like the dorm, and we would sit on the couch, and someone would use the Steam Link from their bedroom and Steam Link it to the flat screen in the in the in that we had in our common area, and we would all sit there with controllers because Larian actually does have very good controller support for these games, and it would be four of us with controller support playing it in the living room. I guess um, that works, but like, yeah. you think everyone, everyone would, would would do that? Um, I don't know, but that that like like I said, that is how it worked, um, uh, and that is what we did. So I, I can speak from my own experience that that is how we that we played this. I honestly am looking forward to uh, when this game comes out on on PlayStation. I want to see them bench test the split screen because <laughs> I'm actually curious to see if it's going to work right. Sure, I, that, that's that's a that's a very good question. It's just that you know. That's why I said just because it works well on PC that sometimes that's why I say what works in one medium may not always work in another. And 
I'm pretty sure that's what, like, we all saw what happened with CD Projekt Red when they're like, oh my God, the new consoles can make it possible for us to play Cyberpunk. And then they decided to really, like, whatever they reason. The next gen version. They also. Like, eight months. Right. And then they, but they tried to, they tried stupidly to get it on gen eight consoles when they knew that they should have just stuck to the gen nine market. But for whatever reason, they stretched yeah. themselves too far on yeah. that one. And that's where I'm thinking that maybe Larian should have left split screen as a PC feature. And I'm curious on if this whole split screen thing is going to create problems in the console market as a whole. Hmm. It's possible. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, just looking at Halo, like I, I can see that at least with the series S, it did come down to a different a difference between the, the hardware, right? It worked almost flawlessly on series x and didn't work like at all on series s and that came down to it didn't have enough ram to actually store because on consoles whether you're the playstation or you're the xbox your ram is actually your it's shared between video and uh video ram vram and traditional ram they they, they split it so if you don't have enough of a buffer things start to get bad right and i think that was one of the mistakes of the series uh, uh, like when they designed the series s and i'm almost positive they won't make it with if, if they do the same thing in the next generation is that they reduced the amount of ram on the series s versus the series x and that's something that they probably shouldn't do for the next generation right scaling down the gpu hasn't seemed to have been a problem um, at all on the on the series s besides that the, the games sometimes don't render very very you know they, they they go a little low in their in the in the resolution but scaling that memory down was probably the biggest mistake and they didn't make the mistake with the cpu the cpus are the same between the series s and series x the, like the cpu clock um so i i'm very curious to see how microsoft handles this even into the next generation because the series s has been a success it's just that now there's some pains that are coming with it right and i i do think this is a big learning experience for designing the next one mm -hmm. and that's no that's that's a fair comment um all right guys i'm just looking at the clock uh, any other uh comments before we uh start closing down the show yes no um oh, have you guys seen any of the, the the subtle reactions from people who got starfield codes online uh very positive mr maddie plays you guys know who mr maddie plays is yes yes mr maddie plays tweeted that he got a code and didn't tweet for two days and then just tweeted a picture of patrick from spongebob with bloodshot eyes and a five o'clock <laughs> shadow <laughs> and that i was dying when i saw that today oh uh, he uh, must be really happy he just posted a picture yeah, yeah. And the same thing happened with uh, Paris Lily. You guys know Paris? Yeah. Paris tweeted that he got a code, and then he didn't tweet until 24 hours later, and it basically was like he just pulled an all-nighter to play. Yeah, I, I noticed that. That's um, uh, really interesting. Yeah. So, Oh, and one thing I learned about review copies from Xbox. This is some fun facts for y'all. The review copies from Xbox, if the game is Play Anywhere available, is a Play Anywhere code, so they can test both PC and console. Oh, so if great. anyone says that they didn't send out codes mm -hmm. for a platform, they're lying their teeth off. 
because your code is dual um you're, you're you're dual entitled because it's a code for a play anywhere game uh jez corden confirmed that to me in a tweet that any code that microsoft sends out for a play anywhere title is play anywhere all right that's, that's just nice. that's just some little fun so if someone's saying wow they actually sent out codes this time for pc they always do because they always send out pc and xbox codes as one code hmm. well the more you know <laughs> All right, guys, I think we'll end things off here and I just start to round off things. Uh, We had some really great discussions on Starfield, Microsoft shutting down the 360 marketplace and the whole Baldur's Gate 3 Xbox parody clause debate. Overall, hey, pretty fun times. Really enjoyed, again, the back and forths. Makes life a lot of fun. Thank you to everyone that tuned in tonight. And if you enjoyed the chat, then please consider dropping a like, subbing to the channel if you're new, and hey, share this show out. We'd love to get more eyes on here. But with that said, let's make our way to the outros, uh, starting off with Eric Shockley. Buddy, hey, I really liked your insights tonight. Where can everybody find you? Yeah, as always, you can find me at ShockNero on Twitter, EasyShock on Xbox Live. But yeah, uh, good topics tonight. Good show. See you later. Short and sweet, I like it. Next up, Centurion one three zero seven, buddy. Hey, you know what? I'm I really want to uh, watch your video that you posted earlier today. So uh, let's get cracking here. Uh, I thought you had a great show. Where can everybody follow you? No, the great discussion. A uh, lot of great back and forth. Please don't ever anybody just think it's like I'm you know over here trying to like fuel any kind of flames of any kind of banter. It's just. it's more like just you know having open dialogue and at least trying to play devil's advocate because it's more than one of those things where i just i i love xbox i am critical of xbox but also at the same time i'm not going to i i I mean it it gets sad when you see a brand that actually does so much actually get so much shit so that's where sometimes i at least try to play devil's advocate Mm-hmm. For those interested in me, please find me at Centurion 1307, Xbox Live, uh, Twitter, X, whatever the heck you want to call it. And of course, YouTube. Um, just like we Invader pointed out, I just released a video there. Uh, you can also find me uh, right here every Sunday night on game. Um, wow. Every Sunday night on TXR. I'm flubbing names now. That's what I do. Uh, with this amazing group of gentlemen, you could also find me on Gaming Beyond the Box with Wilmy Hood and them two hours before the start of this show. And, you know, thank you to everybody here. And also thank you guys for having a great conversation. Indeed, indeed. Next up, we got the Crusader, buddy. Again, I thought you had some really stellar points yourself. Always a fun chat with you. Where can everybody find you? Yeah, you can find me at Crusader3456 on Twitter. I won't call it the other thing. Um... And yeah, it was a good show. Find me on Xbox too, um, you know, or PlayStation or Switch. I think you can find me on Switch. I don't know. I barely turn it on. But yeah, it was a great show tonight. And, and never think that when Centurion and I go back and forth, we're angry at each other or anything like that. This is just how we be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, but it's it's healthy talk. Yeah. Though, you know. Yeah, and n- neither of us are mad at each other or anything. That's one thing I always worry about when Centurion and I have our go have our back and forth. The chat will think that we dislike each other or are mad at each other and that couldn't be further from the truth exactly exactly next up we got the the general here mr general mld hey i thought you had some pretty awesome points yourself tonight uh really well said uh 
uh, talking points. Where can everybody follow you? Oh, yeah. Had a fun time tonight. Uh, you guys can find me at MLD Ghost on uh, Twitter, X, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Ghost MLD for Xbox. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Looking forward uh, to the next show. Alrighty. And just to round out the group, of course, you guys can find my content on YouTube at Invader Gaming. I'm hoping to be buying a new PC. Well, relatively soon and uh, get things rolling again with my own videos so uh you know watch out for that uh but yeah great show tonight and we look forward to chatting with you on the next one uh next week is looking pretty exciting with gamescom and possibly a few other things so hey let's wait and see what's in store guys should be some good stuff have a good night everyone later